So let's pretend for a moment. Okay. And I don't, I don't feel like this is too, too far in the future. Maybe the next fifty-ish years. I don't know, but pretend that this is in the future, in a cyberpunk type future. Okay. Somebody comes to you, the government, whatever, gives you a ticket, says you can have one thing on your body cybernetically augmented. And as such, it's going to be no maintenance. It's going to be hassle-free, but it's either going to boost or repair or... Oh, great. There goes my damn washing machine. Uh, <laughs> or, or, you know, whatever. Up one, It could be one arm. It could be your heart. It could be your eyes, which is what you know, maybe, maybe I'll do. But what would you pick to, to enhance... Uh, hmm. I, that's an interesting question. Because there are a lot of, you know, benefits to several different things. Um, eyes is an interesting one, but I don't, it almost seems like a waste, you know? Because it's something that can uh, be easily lived with. Um, poor eyesight and all that. Uh, now, unless you know you're blind, and that kind of changes it. But, uh, yeah, and we're talking like like bad, like you you're not blind, like blackout blind. But if you are, yeah. But if it's like super bad blind, like you have the worst prescription in the world, then yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I. I would think that would probably be something internal just to make the body work better better overall. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I did uh, jump immediately to eyesight only because I'm tired of dealing with glasses and or contacts. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I started to think about it. Said, you know, there, there's, there's things. I mean, I could, if they would let me do it, I could get my arms done, and yeah, I'd, be, I'd be stronger. I could get my legs done. Same thing. Uh, if I had a better heart, maybe I could, maybe I physically would last longer. Mm-hmm. Um, more lung capacity, all kind of crap like that. But if neurology was possible, I would love to. excuse me improve man i'm sorry i keep bumping my stuff audience i can't work today apparently (laughs) uh i i would i would augment my mind and if they were to go wait wait hold up okay what what are you augmenting about the mind you can't just do mind augment i chris this is hands down i would pick i would let my eyes get worse if i could do this i would take mind cybernetics that would augment my mind to where I have a flawless memory like memory always worked if I see something I could always remember it Mm -hmm. if I was told something I could always recall it like an exact photo and audible and whatever genic memory I'd love that think of how fucking intelligent you could be if you could read an entire encyclopedia in like, you know, a week and then somebody asks you something out of the J encyclopedia 70 years from now and you go, oh, yeah, it's this. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, and and then extrapolate that. Yeah. This is also kind of self-deprecating because I do have a sh- horrible memory, <laughs> and it sucks in life. It really does. But that would, I'll I'll wear glasses forever if I could have a memory that works that well. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad one. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and this is, it's kind of a personal thing too, man. I don't know where, it, I don't know where it comes from. Like I've met, I've met so many people in life and talked to so many people. I've met various levels of highly intelligent people. I've met not that intelligent people <clears throat> and wish mm-hmm. them the better, but <laughs> it seems that if, if, if I had a, I've always tried to quantify intelligence. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the uh, science cast. (laughs) But I've internally, personally tried to quantify what people count as intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I really have come to the conclusion that there are varying aspects to it, but I really do believe a lot of it accounts to memory itself. Sure. I really do. Um. In, in all aspects of life. I mean, job, work, personal life, uh, entertainment, anything. If you could be told something, <clears throat> excuse me, if you can be told something once at the age of like 23 and never see it again, never come across it again, never have anything to do with it, and then at 46 be asked that question, you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. 42 and they go yes that's it that's that's incredible i've met people like that and i do not have that mm-hmm. however if chris was to ask me hey what uh what was the name of uh magus's or uh, janice's cat from chrono trigger i go oh that's that's alfador <laughs> and it's crazy how okay well how the fuck do i know that but somebody could like teach me something like mm-hmm. in school and then I I can't fucking remember it, you know, down the road. Now granted, I have I have played Chrono Trigger about fifteen times in my life, mm-hmm. but I learned that at an early age. That was some off off key, off kiltered random thing that I learned and kept it. Uh-huh. So I mean, part of it depends on how much you care about that information you know if you don't have any use for it if it means nothing to you in the grand scheme of things it's a lot harder to remember um kind of like with learning a skill you know if you don't use it you lose it that's you know the phrase people throw around and it's absolutely true you'll learn how to do something but if you don't use it you'll forget yep i am a living example of i mean there there's there's an uncountable amount of things that I have to know for my job and have to remember. And yeah, I do a good majority of them on a daily slash weekly slash monthly basis. But there are things that I have been taught or shown at some point in my time. Mm-hmm. But that was it. So years later, I'm like, oh, Hmm. (laughs) give me some time uh (laughs) yeah but yeah and i mean that's 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 work life again it's also personal life too i mean 
I it I don't know I I don't know why my memory works the way it is. I don't know what to do to fix it. Uh, I've heard that your memory kind of your memory could be thought of as a muscle, and if you work it out like a muscle, you can get better. Mm-hmm. I've never actually done that. I've never read studies. I think the closest I've came to was somebody uh, somebody at another job got me on this placebo of taking uh, ginkgo bilboa. It's supposed to be what we to- what we were told was it's supposed to increase slash enhance your memory, but I think it's. It more or less keeps memory, and it's more for people that have Alzheimer's, I guess. It really doesn't have anything to do with your memory doesn't get better because of taking this thing. Sure. But, meh. <laughs> it is what it is. I don't know why, I don't know why this came to mind today. I was, but a combination of thinking about memory and also thinking about cybernetics at the same time led me to this. But, man, wait, I... I do think we are not that far away from cybernetic enhancements. I mean, if you think about it, we're we're already we're not there to the level that cyberpunk is trying to portray. We're not there to the level that Alita Battle Angel was trying to portray, but or even like Ghost in the Shell, that's down the road. Sure. That's extremely far, many years down the road, and I do visually like the way that that anime and game companies portray that stuff especially when they it looks like it's today but the shit is there like i I like thinking that way i like the idea of it being like not super crazy futuristic more like nah it's just you're still getting up slapping your alarm clock off and then walk in the shower it just so happens there's a fucking robot butler that you know, comes and puts your towel in your bathroom or something, you know. <laughs> but if you think about it with, you know, people that have lost limbs or, I mean, pay, you know, pacemakers or uh, just anything that's helping people on the medical side, we're kind of already moving that direction. Yeah. I mean, it's only going to progress, you know, it's okay. So you can make starts out with baby steps with just putting a arm that has a movable elbow to another step of a movable elbow, but can rotate all around Mm -hmm. to having pulleys in there to add tension and, and simulate movement or simulate, uh, moving your arm back and forth to let's put fucking motors in there let's put chips in there let's put software in there it's that's that's where it goes it's going that way yeah it, if i had the time and inclination i'd love to research and see how far <clears throat> we're actually progressing but that's it's it it won't be too far i would say I don't know. I'd like to think in the next 50 years complete robotics will be a thing but as much as we like to see that in movies and anime and games mm-hmm. and all that, I really wonder if... I think that's going to be... I, f- I feel like that's going to be a thing, you know? I think people are really going to take the idea of Terminator and run with it and go, no, we can't have this. <laughs> are you fucking crazy? I don't want a fucking robot walking down the street walking my dogs. They'll fling them around like weapons and kill us all. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, AI is doing uh, some crazy things already, so... It's yes. really interesting. Yep. 
So let me make one more adjustment here to my mic. Sorry, audience. And hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. And I'm Chris. So I was thinking about this the other day, too, Chris, and I okay. did do a bit of research. Um, I never know how long this podcast is going to last, and I never know how big our audience is going to get, and I never know how much how much of the world's actual eye is going to be on us. But I did do some Google slash YouTube searching for end of time. Uh, because I had to make a conscious effort last year at some point to actually make this show the end of time cast because there are, there are a couple YouTube channels for end of time. I, I believe there is another SoundCloud for end of time and just putting in end of time in like the videos section of Google will show you some stuff too. So mm. it's, it's, I, I mean, I knew we weren't the only, only one, but fortunately we appear to be the only end of time cast. I think I found another end of time podcast, but I think they were just end of time. Uh, eh, we'll see if we get sued. Uh, I don't know. I guess they could, I guess they could take my old Xbox 360. I mean, <laughs> I don't really have a lot. Uh, please don't sue us. Uh, we have nothing. We're, we're peasants. Uh, anything in the news we want to chit chat about? I had a few things pulled up here and there. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier and, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if we are in that period of time that's, you know, the calm after the storm, uh, or if mm -hmm. we're in the eye of the hurricane, so to speak, you know, because really? E3 mm -hmm. finally settling down from that. But then we have a bunch mm -hmm. of game releases coming up, you know, the Final Fantasy XIV expansion, Mario Maker 2, and then there's several other things in the near future. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the only real... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that a lot of uh, buzz right now. I don't know if this is like a typical thing or if it's just because of this E3 and other, may, maybe potentially other light E3s is a polite way to put it, I guess, is, uh, you know, all right, it's like it's it's a week later. It's three, four days later or whatever. H how hype are you? Because I'll mm. tell you right now, the E3 after God of War, holy shit, I was I was excited <laughs> for quite some time. At least a good two to three weeks. Sure. Um, but my afterglow of this one is kind of almost non-existent. It pretty much is non-existent. Point of fact, anytime I talk to anybody at work, uh, be it Adam or not, about anything from E3 at all, it's it funnels right down to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm -hmm. And really, that's, that's, that's about it. <laughs> I mean, that's the big one for me. Um, yeah, I'm let me let me well I hit all the lists I was gonna say let me take a look real quick but I don't know it's it's hard to really be excited about something that's not immediately coming out um, that's why you know like Final Fantasy 14 expansion I'm grinding my ass off to try to be done by Friday well technically Thursday the it's the early access to it is Friday 
but they're going to have a 24 hour maintenance. So realistically, I have until Thursday to get it done. Um, trying to get caught yep. up on story. I still have 200 quests to go. <laughs> and that's after doing, you know, 150 plus in the last week, probably 200 at this point, uh, quests in the last week, week and a half. Uh, been hitting it hard. And, but that's immediately coming out. And that same day is Mario Maker 2. So <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to juggle them. I got to say, man, uh, something that was interesting that uh, my wife pointed out, I was mm-hmm. watching a couple nights ago, and uh, she was playing. And I, I mean, for those that don't know my setup in my house, we have two big screen TVs right beside each other. And usually the one on the left is one that I play on. And if she's not playing on the other TV on the right, I have like a YouTube or something. I always got two things going at once. But that's also her TV. So when she does want to play, she plays on that one. So I'm playing my game mm-hmm. uh, that we'll get to when my week comes around. And out of the peripheral, I kept seeing. Oh, and also my uh, I have wireless headsets. Uh, Sony H-Ear, they're called. They're really fucking good. But they're, they are extremely noise-canceling. Uh, to the point of I can switch that button off and on, and like right now I hear I barely hear my own voice. It's it's crazy, mm-hmm. but anyway, anyway, she's playing Final Fantasy fourteen on the right screen. I'm playing my game on the left, and I keep hearing like dialogue and keep glancing over at her screen and seeing cutscenes, and I have seen most of the cutscenes that she was watching because it's early content and I know she's seen them too. And I look back at her and she was on her phone. I was like, Oh, okay. She's just, she's not skipping the cutscene. She don't care. She just put the controller down and is playing on her phone. And, uh, you know, a few minutes later I looked over and another cutscene was playing and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean, that's fine for her, but is she, she, I know she's not keeping people waiting for her, not skipping a cutscene. <laughs> she wouldn't do that. So I I asked her I said have you are y'all not skipping the cutscenes are y'all like watching all of them she's like nope they've implemented a feature uh, patch or so ago that you cannot skip cutscenes anymore um now I'm gonna throw this out there I don't know if this is true uh please correct me if this aspect of it is true but I think if it's somebody that ha- if you have a party of 4 or or if you have a full party of 4 8 whatever and one person has like the in-game check of their new as in the game itself can see that they're new mm-hmm. and they have they have not seen that cutscene you can't skip it anymore which that's I actually so think that's I don't know what she was doing but that's not true in my experience. Because um, hmm. just earlier today, I was in a uh, dungeon for the first time, and this has been routine throughout. Uh, there will be a... Well, there are different times where you... Well, let me... Okay, let me start off with what I was saying happened earlier. So we hmm. were at a boss... And uh, I ran up and I got my cutscene. Of course, this was a story mission, so I hadn't gotten there yet and seen that cutscene. Um, and so I was watching it. And as I watched it, they actually started the fight. And I got uh, technically locked out of the fight. Um, it let me teleport hmm. in after the cutscene. But I was like, wow, they're really jumping the gun. That's the first time this ever happened. Um, but typically what I see is when I come out of a cutscene and everybody's just kind of standing there waiting for me to be done, you know, cause you have the icon next to your name. Yeah. They know you're in a cutscene. 
Um, hmm. There are some dungeons, and this is typically only at the entrance where, or on the battlefields, I should say. Uh, the one I was talking about earlier was a dungeon. So, you know, uh, yeah. there is a difference. So for a battlefield, it actually puts you in this little uh, fenced-in area. It kind of puts this force field around you so you can't leave it uh, if you mm-hmm. if someone's still in the cutscene so that you cannot start the fight without them being present. Um, so it, hmm. it seems like there are different tiers of it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there may be. I'm I'm Google fooing real uh real time <laughs> trying to look at what I can find too, and it seems like a like it's there's an article here that clearly says patch four point two disables skipping cutscenes, but that was also January thirteenth or January thirty first last year. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. My uh my fourteen guru isn't here to back this up. Believe me, if I had something wrong, <laughs> she'd let me know. But yeah, I mean, it, my my thought period was that's that that's pretty cool. Um, if that's the case, I know on the on the majority hand that would suck for everyone else because that's I mean people want to run shit because they want to get whatever they're in there for and they don't want to watch a cutscene seventy times. I get that, but it's also it also sucks when you're the new guy and people are hassling you because you're trying to take in the story but they want to hurry the fuck up so definitely a balancing issue for any uh mmorpg uh chris remind the audience Mm -hmm. and me as well uh world of warcraft what's your experience um i tried the trial uh so i wouldn't have to you know Mm -hmm. pay for it to try it i made it like 30 minutes (laughs) and i was like nah i'll just go play 11 It'd be interesting to know how to see how World of Warcraft does it, but yeah, that's, that's definitely uh that's definitely a point of contention for new and old folks. But I mean, don't if 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 you're an audience listening to this right now, whether the pro or the con of that, you know, whether you think that's a pro or a con, if you want to be a new person and you don't want people shitting on you, don't worry. When will you start new? There's a way that everybody around you knows that you're new. And not only can people basically, unless this has changed, not only can people basically mentor you uh, out of choice, but a lot of people usually do. I mean, you don't uh, you won't get thousands of guild thrown at you (laughs) like uh, Fantasy Star Online Mm. used to do. But it was my experience, not only being new, but also helping new people out that there's, there's lots of people that will get you what you need. Yeah. Um, it's, so I've never had anyone try to rush me. I've never had anyone, uh, just flat out be a jerk, so to speak. I have had, mm-hmm. um, a couple people who are not impatient, so to speak, but they have a little bit of attitude when you know, after a wipe and be like, all right, I guess I need to explain what's going on here. It's like, well, okay. Say something before we start the fight. You know, when you enter the dungeon, it tells you, Hey, you're going to get a bonus because someone here has not done this before. You see that explain, (laughs) you know, don't be a dick when something happens and you didn't speak up. Yeah. You know, Oh man, we could, we could this whole <laughs> fucking episode could be an MMO episode. I promise you, 
Because, yeah, that's that's one of many, many. And again, don't want to discourage people that may want to get into the game. I say an issue because I have plowed through seven, eight, nine hundred instances in my time. That's nothing compared to World of Warcraft. People trust me. But I've had my fair share of I was new and I was with or or I was a veteran with veterans or I was a veteran with veterans and new people. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I was the first one. If hey, why are you, why are y'all starting? It they clearly said there's a new there's a new guy here. The new guy comes out and goes, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm just here for an alternate character." Oh, okay. We're all good. Or uh, yeah, I'm new. Where I don't even know how to set points up. Can somebody show me that? Because I asked last game, and they just ran in, and we wiped, and they kicked me. And it's like, wow, come on, man. Come on. Be nice to people. Uh, but this had... is not the MMORPG episode. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I've had one person um, leave. Just silently not say anything and just leave. Um, because you were there and you were new? No. They just, we wiped once and they left. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. I didn't, it wasn't even a big deal. You know, it was, uh, I think we won the next time after we got somebody else in or something like that. It wasn't a mm-hmm. difficult thing. Um, my girlfriend, though, she actually had someone uh, queue up uh, and I'll, in a minute, or probably my week, talk about her playing. But uh, she got in a, a dungeon, and then someone was like, "Oh, I got to go." It's like, really? Why queue uh, up if you're immediately going to leave? <laughs> you it prompts you. You have to click it like three times to you know. You have to accept and then wait and then get in there. It's like, why? Why go that far if you're not going to, Chris? Say? I'm gonna I'm gonna take that right there and I'm gonna break it off like a freaking Kit Kat. I'm gonna throw that to the side. Okay. And I'm gonna talk about something else completely. Okay. But in the same vein, you you'd have patience when it comes to D and D. You have patience that I that I do not have. <laughs> I was not a Nazi with my raid groups. Do not misunderstand. Do not. That's for you and the audience as well. I didn't rule my raid groups with a fucking iron fist. But one thing that pissed me off that would aggravate me when there are other fucking people who are setting their life aside to do this thing when your ass shows up late for a bullshit excuse. I mm-hmm. fucking I, it would drive me up a wall. So, hey, we're raiding tonight, the same night, every fucking Monday night. We're raiding tonight at 7 o'clock. If you want to be online and jump in the group and get and ask me for a party invite or whatever, 10, 15 minutes early, cool. No problem. But I should be able to fucking see your name online, click that invite button, and you're in so I can get shit going. And I would see people. <laughs> I'm looking at them in the in the thing, like standing next to me at I don't know the fucking the 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 market board or whatever. Right. And then I'm like, all right, that's cool. All right, but you know he's probably getting some weapons or whatever. You know we we got like six seven minutes and then disappear. And I'm like, oh man, I hope they didn't get disconnected. And then go to the thing and look at the name. No, they're in a fucking dungeon. <laughs> and you go. 
Hey, buddy. You know, we're raiding in six minutes now. The rest of us are all here. Yeah, man, I'm just going to do this one real quick. I got to get this one thing for whatever fucking reason. Well, you don't really need to get that, but okay, I get it. You want to like a... So, uh, it's been a while since I ran that dungeon, man. How long is... Oh, it's, it's like 20, 23 minutes, 24 minutes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't... It's okay. If it was me, if it was only me, yeah, man, sure, I get it. Handle your business. But when me and Chris are in a fucking party and we've set aside, there's so much more. There is so much more to raiding than just you show up and do the raid. Yeah. Chris has a girlfriend. I have a wife. And there are eight other people that have lives that they're all that set aside. That's that's somebody saying, you know, I really could get my grocery shopping done tonight and that would let me get more time with my daughter tomorrow and blah, 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 blah. Or, man, I really need to work on my car tonight. But, hey, I'm fucking here for the team. I'll go raid for two hours and then I'll go work in my car, my garage at night and I'll just I'll just go to sleep and so on and so forth. And some fucking body just meanders through. Says, yeah, I'll be there Monday, 7 o'clock, no problem. And then 7 freaking 26 rolls around. Uh, yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll be there in a little bit. Uh, just whatever. <laughs> if it's just me, I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. But I hate when other people are like, so it's fucking, it's fucking 731, man. Are we playing? Are we not playing? I mean, what? All my stuff is put on hold right now. And I can't do anything else if I go run a dungeon. You know, and he shows up, now I'm asked out. So, yeah. That's why, like, on uh, our Wednesday game, I asked, you know, way early, we play tonight? Because I don't want to end up, you know, making plans and then, oh, well, so-and-so's not going to be here, so we're not playing or something. It's, yeah. Uh, if I'm running late or going to be late, I try to let somebody know mm-hmm. as early as I can. I was going to ha- I was almost going to let you know today because we were... We were kind of making a decision at work if we wanted to work a little late today and as opposed to the next day or whatever, if we even have to. And we thought about it and I was about to text you and we were like, nah, we won't. I was like, I'm fucking, I'm on that. I don't, I don't play. Hmm. Try to keep people updated, man. Uh, I don't, I don't miss. Welcome to the MMO cast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't miss doing dynamics and stuff in 11. That was Mm -hmm. such a pain trying to coordinate that many people and. Not being in a leadership role either, so I'm just kind of sitting back watching all the madness go on, and it's like, ah, I'm not taking charge of this group. I'm not taking charge of this group. <laughs> <laughs> but I really want to. That's happened to me in so many games, you know, even on a smaller scale. Uh, not like Dynamis, which was 18 people, you know, but it's like, oh, well... I guess I'm going to start coordinating events for our guild because nobody yeah. else is or they're not efficient and they're sucking at what they're doing. So kicking that bus driver out and swerving the bus back into news territory. Okay. Any news stuff that you uh, wanted to go on with? Yeah. Uh, the one news article I really cared about this week, um, there was a lot of articles that I only want to discuss because they were just ridiculous um, stuff going mm-hmm. on. Uh, 
but the one that I thought was really pertinent after our discussion last week when it comes to the remake is the fact that there was an interview uh, and I'm, I'm pulling up the article now to speak specifically about it. But there was mm-hmm. basically an article that said from that Square Enix will no longer comment on how long, how many parts or episodes the remake will be because they don't know anymore. Mm, they Yeah, this is curious. They were like, okay, well, it'll be three parts. This is how we're going to divide it. And then once they actually got into it and made this first episode, which we've seen now, uh, you know, coming out in March, they realized the scale of the game and how much work would go into and time and you know they're not going to be able to fit this in three parts probably and that was kind of you know one mm-hmm. of the concerns we we're talking about uh so yeah that's really good to hear <laughs> not yeah. not good in the sense that okay well we're going to wait 10 years before we get through we have all the game all the parts you know to the seven remake but good in the sense that they care about it enough to re- to acknowledge this is huge <laughs> yes. Yes. Now it's going to be interesting to see what divide this causes between people, right. or maybe another way to say that this is going to be interesting to see what the what the masses are going to say when it comes to this. Because, uh, and I don't remember if I, if I actually brought this up uh, last episode, uh, but me and Adam were talking about this as well, and you know, admittedly kind of nervous Mm -hmm. because we, and I as well cannot find a concrete answer from Square saying, look, part one is coming out uh, next year, 2020, and it's going to start from the beginning of the game, duh, and go to X point in Final Fantasy VII that you know. I've heard it was going to be Midgar only, so I mean, I'm already seeing in my head, the scene from Final Fantasy VII where you're at the outskirts of Midgar and you leave. Okay, so I can imagine cut there. That's not that far into the game at all. And I've also heard that, no, it's going all the way till... Oh, God, spoiler warning for Final Fantasy VII. This is something else we'll have to... (laughs) It's This is... A lot of people are dealing with this Mm -hmm. right now. Do we have to spoil... Spoiler warning, Final Fantasy VII... Uh, I'll tell you, Chris, I think you should. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we've played Final Fantasy VII. Yes, Final Fantasy VII is ultra popular. There are still people that have not played it. Mm-hmm. There is a large audience of people that just saw this at E3 and went, wow, this is what y'all are excited about? I'm in. And now you're just blurring it out there. Now, if we don't spoiler it, that's not to say they can just pull up a freaking whatever site right now and somebody else is going to spoil it i'm going to do my due diligence as best as i can and i think we as as an as the end of time cast will as well so yes just in case spoiler warning for final fantasy 7 from here on just be looking for the game and be happy about it um (laughs) but i also heard that uh the the part one was going to end at eris's death and i said okay well i mean so what? Which one is it? You know, where is this part one going to quote unquote end? At that is that's I believe that's the end of disc one. So, 
I, I I don't know the 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 divide the the curious divide where I'm where I'm it's going to be interesting to see where people discuss this is what are people going to say is not worth being in this remake okay because well, I have I, go ahead this article that I was referencing it's specifically the quote is we know that the first one is set entirely in Midgar. And uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when we started out, uh, hold on, let me skip to the part. It says, uh, at this point, we decided we were going to focus first game on Midgar and what happens in Midgar. But then it says, unfortunately, we can't say anything more about future games because we don't know ourselves. So they say in there, yeah, Midgar. They don't say anything outside of it. They specifically say what happens in Midgar. Yeah, but... That's so crazy to think. And I mean, I'm happy for it because we, what you need to take away from just the trailers themselves mm-hmm. is attention to detail. Right. You know, uh, uh, I have faith that they're going to take that from the enemies to the designs of the buildings to the look of the, of the outfits to the music to the visuals and the different areas you're going to be walking through, all that is going to be paid strict attention. So if they're only making Midgar part one, mm-hmm. dude, this is this is like a fucking five, six, seven part game. Yeah. I mean, it have to be. Because once you leave Midgar, the world is open. And then, so then the further question comes open. Okay, so is everything going to be in the second part? You just can only access, you're only going to be like scene jumped to, you know, Nibelheim and the Chocobo farm and all this stuff. Like, I have no idea. I think Mm -hmm. a logical divide, um, and I don't know, and going forward is one thing, but going backwards is another, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, you can't get back into Midgar for a while. So that's not really an yep. issue with going backwards. You know, outside the gates, that's a logical point to cut it off. And then you just progress. You don't have to worry about going backwards. However, or to expand upon that rather, the next kind of logical break point would be before you get X vehicle. Which lets you progress. So that could be kind of another logical cutoff point. However, could yeah. once you have the vehicles, you can also go back. I think Yeah. I think the biggest hurdle will be actually more towards the end. When we have free reign to go anywhere in the world. You know, how will they manage that? Yeah. Will it be all right, I'm gonna go to Midgar, please insert disc one. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. this is a multi-disc game. Now, PC won't be as bad. Though, imagine the file size. That's going to be... Uh, how how big is a Blu-ray? I can't... I don't even know offhand. But Midgar mm. alone is two Blu-rays. As wow. we both type. Um, as we both... <laughs> 25 gigs a Blu-ray. per single layer. Yeah, anywhere from 15 to 30 gigs. Yeah. And around 50 gigs uh, for a duel, yeah. Yeah. So if Midgar loans 50 gigs, by the time the 7 Remake is done, you're going to have like a terabyte of game. Well, 
Well, (laughs) I'll be clearing some space out, rest assured, if I don't just flat out go buy a two terabyte uh, solid drive. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is a seven drive. (laughs) Yeah. So. But, yeah, so what I was the the point that I'm bringing Mm -hmm. up is that it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what people think they feel doesn't constitute being in this because the rush is going to be we're tired of waiting sure you know imagine this game is and imagine final fantasy 7 is seven parts mm-hmm. you get to part four i feel like people are going to start questioning what the hell gets put in Again, using Fort Condor as an example. We don't fucking need Fort Condor. Get that out of here. We don't want to do a a, a a a tower defense game to get one materia. And I, that is going to be interesting. I'll tell you my stance right now, Chris. I don't care if this game is fucking 26 parts. I want everything from that game in here. And I want everything treated with that authenticity and that love and care and attention to detail that we just saw in these trailers. Yeah. That's what I want. Is that a monumental task? As as Chris just said from the article, Square already knows this. They know it's mm-hmm. a monumental task. And I'm saying, fucking do it. Well, yeah. that's going to take... Okay, then it takes years. I mean have an entire fucking production team they're just the final fantasy 7 remake team of 227 people i don't care how you do it don't kill people to do it don't (laughs) cut corners give the whole thing yeah take your time i'm good um yeah yeah. good good fun good final fantasy 7 stuff man Mm. yeah it's it's one of those things where the moment they decided to go that in depth with the remake, yeah, they set themselves up for it. <laughs> yeah. So it would be very difficult for them to go back now and go, okay, well, Midgar was this, but we're going to, you know, the rest is going to be much lower quality. Uh, yeah. They would, they would have riots on their hands. So. You got to, that, that I understand as someone that's in this industry, not as a fucking content creator, but as a player, mm-hmm. as as the recipient of this industry, with my little bit of knowledge, zero actual inside the industry knowledge, I understand what they're saying. This is a fuck ton of work. You're telling us you want us to remaster every enemy, every weapon, every town, Every continent. Yes, I do. It's going to take a long time and a lot of work and a lot of passion and a shit ton of... The dedication shouldn't be that hard. I mean, if if you love the game and you're on that team, fucking do it. I understand it's it's going to be an undertaking, but that's what I want. What I don't want, Chris, I don't want part one to come out and it'd be nothing but Midgar and from point A to point end of the game it is immaculate and then we get part two and like a couple of the towns are cut out or they're short changed you know and then we get to part three and almost the entire story is altered because they skipped an entire continent of towns you know you know what what I mean Mm -hmm. just making other avenues to just get to the end of the game. 
you know, cutting out this and cutting out that completely. I, I do not want that at all. That's that's not what I want. So I have I'm putting my faith and my hope and my trust within in this team and I'll be there buying the game. I can promise you that. Chris already has the fucking special edition yeah. pre-ordered. So you you got the money coming your yeah. way. You have the love and the support. Just make make good on it. Yeah. So that's all I'm asking. Final question for you, and I'll let us move on. Um, mm-hmm. What would you think if all the content was in the game, but it you know led you from one place to another and didn't let you explore freely well uh, i i would just mentally refer back to where that was in the actual game mm-hmm. so for instance when you do leave midgar i i want to say the first place you'd go is it's not nibelheim calm it's calm yes. calm yeah as we go okay have the end conversation right but you can't go to the next town. You can't. You can't go to Wu Tai, right? You know, as you leave Midgar. Now, if it's if it's somewhere that I already could not go to, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But if it's somewhere that this originally you could go, but they cut it out, that's what I'm talking about. That's 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 crappy. Well, say I don't want for that. example, it, you leave Midgar and. Either you're something's different about the world map, which is it could be a whole conversation in itself, but say so there's something different about mm-hmm. the world map, so you have to go to Calm. It's surrounded, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Nibelheim is on both sides. You can't go past it, you have to go in and out the other side, right? Say Calm's yeah. like that. You have to go in, out the other side, and then you can go to the Cocoa Ranch. In, out the other side, and then you can go across the swamp, you know. I mean, I wouldn't agree with that choice, but if if it follows the progression of where the original game made you go, I mm-hmm. would frown at it. I wouldn't shit on it horribly. Yeah. I would question why they did it that way. I would kind of know why they did it that way. You want to streamline a little bit, but... Yeah. For the sake of I mean, think compromise to maintain the quality we're seeing in Midgar. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could, I, I could live with that. What I can't live with is they, they have a you leave Midgar, they have a seven minute cutscene where like they're walking and talking and they start talking about the flashback and all that shit that you went through in the calm end just gets told in a cutscene mm-hmm. and then you go, oh look, there's a Chocobo Ranch. That, that's. Fuck so you're no, saying skipping no. calm entirely? Yeah, yeah, skipping entire areas or completely, like when I say completely altering, I don't mean like fun- funneling. I could deal with, but mm-hmm. calm has a whole different town name and it is set up differently. And you know, you they have a fucking picnic on the street in calm, and that's where they do the flash. But like, I, <laughs> I don't want that. I'm not saying they would. I'm just giving extreme examples of what I'm not wanting out of this remake. I want this. To, I want it to be a, a a remaster more than a remake. You know, right? Um, Resident Evil, for example, uh, as it's titled, is a remake, but an, enough of the core there was kept to where people went, okay, I I liked, I really like this. Mm-hmm. 
You know, they didn't they didn't ixnay the mansion completely. You know, <laughs> we're beating this dead horse. I'm gonna move on. Uh, have have faith in you, Square. Just please, this first this first part that comes out is going to tell us a lot what's going to tell us more what i want more is what you're going to tell us about stuff after mm-hmm. you know don't i don't want fucking pity stories oh look guys we bit off more than we could chew fucking take 15 years i don't care am i gonna want it yes but am i gonna wait yes <laughs> i mean this this game chris is where mm-hmm. where square can call my bluff <laughs> and I don't, I don't think I don't think that I'm alone in saying mm. stuff like that. I know many people have said, "Hey, take your time. Stop, stop rushing your workers through the game. Stop having nothing but crunch. Stop, stop overworking people to churn out a game in two years when you could have take, taken five and made it better quality. This could be the one where Square is saying, "Okay, fucker, twenty years. What now? Okay, well, twenty years. Uh, it's gonna suck, but." hopefully i'm alive (laughs) but on the flip side picture this i don't think it's gonna take 20 years man come on picture this next year it comes out episode one so good game of the year right Mm -hmm. we get another one three years so good game of the year imagine Mm -hmm. that quality if they sustained it yes okay yes okay all right, kicking that guy out the bus. We're just bus <laughs> bus driver kicking today. Uh, I'm just gonna throw this news article title out there because I thought it was funny as hell. Okay. EA CEO still thinking about seven to ten years of Anthem. That is the most that I have heard Anthem talked about in weeks. And it's what's so bad is I I think Adam told me that they talked about Anthem in E3. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. If yeah, they, they did, did, I don't fucking remember. They did. <laughs> oh, man. It was... So, that's my... It was kind of a in-between segment type thing. It's like, up next yeah. is, you know, The Sims. But we're going to talk about, uh, here with me, uh, for a quick 10-minute chat about Anthem is so-and-so. Um, mm-hmm. And that was when... Uh, and we talked about this a little bit last week. But that was when they talked about, like, oh... Well, this is what we're planning, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And they're kind of just silently not trying to make it a big deal, not throwing at them out there too much, but just a, hey, yes, we're still here working on Anthem. This is kind of what we're doing, you know, and yeah, yep, they didn't. I don't remember there being anything like announced. It was just like, yep. We're going to be releasing another patch, another update, as we have been and will be doing. So just look for that. You know, some of the changes are coming up soon. Some are pushed back, you know, but we're steadily rolling out updates. So they're still trying. And mm-hmm. who knows, maybe one day it'll be another one of those games where it had a rough launch, but comes back and it's an amazing game. You know, we've had a lot of those lately, the last couple of years. It got, it got better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, close an article out too fast. Uh, <laughs> Elden Ring has no fixed main character, says creator Hidedaki Miyazaki. Huh. This is uh, this is interesting to hear uh, him say that, and I'm glad because that uh, 
go check out some of our previous episodes. Uh, I forget the title where I've I've said my piece about um, um, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. But that was one of them. I think that that while that wasn't the crippling uh, issue with with the game, I do think that that it it did it, it didn't serve in the good for oh. for me. As, so is that referencing like in Souls, you can customize your character more and all that? Or, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Good. Because in this game, uh, in Sekiro, you had one character, right. and yes, he had a you know whether you liked it or not, had a skill tree. So mm-hmm. there's one way to sort of customize it, but you had a main character with a yeah. main plot line and that's that character. Whenever you got all their stuff, that's what you got. But classic soul style games, you had, you just pick somebody and then customize them essentially v- via abilities and whatnot as you progress mm-hmm. through the game that served that formula better. Again, this is not, I don't think I'm alone in this opinion. There's a lot of people that voice this. Some people like both. There are people that like both camps. Me, I'm of the no. Just give me a silent protagonist that goes through, and I can customize them. So this definitely a step in the right direction for what I want. Um, Again, uh, uh, Miyazaki is his own person. He's his own artist. If that's if Sekiro is what he wanted us to play, I played it. Uh, I just did not prefer that over the other ones. Right. So I'm never out to tell somebody how to make their game. If but that's that's good that he's either he wanted to change that or he listened to the audience. Either way, it's a step in the right direction. Watch Dogs Legion. Mm-hmm. Talked a little bit about this at the E3 conference. This game was mm-hmm. actually fairly interesting to me. Uh, it says that Watch Dogs Legion. This is an article. Sorry, I have the. I'm so bad about not quoting all these articles. Uh, this is a Games Radar. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion has 20 different versions of the script, so you might not get the same cinematic twice. That's pretty impressive yeah uh i feel i feel like there's been a game in the past recently that had that uh sort of uh idea done i just can't remember what it was but this is this is very interesting uh i'm all about the you may not have the same playthrough twice definitely all into your first playthrough will be severely unique Mm -hmm. uh yeah this I don't know where I stand with the Watchdog stuff, Chris. Like I said, I haven't played the first one or the second one. I've never hated them. I never read anything that made me go against it. I think the well, first game had like some some rough starts for something. Or no, the issue I, I with the know. first game was they showed a beautiful, well-made uh, game, but when it came out, it looked nothing like the demo. It was like going from 1080p to 720p it's like hey we showed you this 1080p mm. trailer but here's your 720p game you know type thing mm. and that just kind of yeah. soured everybody you know towards the franchise and i didn't hear anything about two so i don't know i think people were so burned by one that people are like eh and just completely yeah. ignore two other than apparently the enough people that played it to spawn legion now <laughs> yeah so I'll I'll just say that as a 
just as an interesting concept. What I saw from E3 mm-hmm. did sound interesting, and then this just adds more spice to it. Will I get it? I don't know. I I would have to look at the lore and see if I need to play the first two, to yada, 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 yeah. same old shit. But just thought that article was very interesting. Yeah, if, if I have to play the first two, I'm on the fence of whether or not I'll get Legion, because I probably hey. won't play the first two. So... Hey man, it's 2019. You could always pull up the the uh, Watch Dogs one movie slash Watch Dogs two movie and nah. then just watch the game. <laughs> Get uh, caught up on the story. I understand that's an option. I don't do that though. If I'm not interested yeah. in a game enough where I'm not willing to put in time to play it, I probably don't care enough to play the newest one. So okay, okay. Let me think of a game. Hmm. Mm. I, I see your point, but if a game is if if a game is that damn good, and but the first two were bad, I mean, you really want to shit yourself out of a third game because the first hey, two were bad. I played every Devil May Cry, and some of those were very rough, did not hold mm-hmm. up. But I wanted to play the newest one, so I went through the old ones and. Suffered through the dated content, the dated mechanics, dated controls, all that looked like mm-hmm. ass. Camera was terrible. But I did it because I wanted to be have that investment in the story and the characters. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're saying if the game that you saw wasn't that interesting, then of course you... I mean, that's, that's kind of common sense, though. Yeah, I feel you. Uh Still waiting for your Shin Megami Tensei 2 review. You let me know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put that on you because I haven't even went back and played 4, which I've been told was the one to go to. I still need to finish uh, my Persona anyway. 1 playthrough. I started. Oh, wow. I'll let you, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> uh, Apex Legends 2. This is... I, I can't... I'm not going to speak really on this article because I haven't played Apex at all, unfortunately. I know, shoot me. Uh, Apex Legends 2 is never going to be made, according to Apex Legends developer. Not the article that interests me, but just the uh, the concept of... Yeah, I don't know why... The, I mean, this, this can't be just a... a, a Worlds, where's World of Warcraft 2? Like, yeah. they haven't made a sequel to that. It's not like a game has to have a sequel. We live in an age where you can just add the content. You can also just change the entire base of the game and give it a facelift. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, this it doesn't is, need uh, one. It's a, <laughs> it's a battle royale. You don't need a sequel. You just update it. Just like MMO, you just release yeah. an expansion. You know, you don't release a sequel until you're changing drastically like mm-hmm. story like all right well the entire world of warcraft story is gone here's the story now you don't want to just delete all that old content you know you want to leave it available to yeah. play and whatnot but yeah. yeah madden we're looking at you you know you don't have to make a madden sequel you just <laughs> you know add new content what you should not do is in 2005 make a Madden in 2006, add two features, take away two features, fast forward to 2011, those two features we've deleted back in the day, we brought them back. Mm. And people are so dumb, they don't even know, and they think they got a new game. You (laughs) money-hungry fucks, you. Yeah, you think we don't know your fucking cycle, Madden? 
assholes. Uh, <laughs> a wish list for the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel. This is somebody, they wrote the list. Uh, this is our own personal list. This is from uh, Kotaku. I didn't read it, but I just, just really quick, if you could, if you could think, Chris, uh, quickly, a couple things. What 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 are a couple things you are looking for? Either a change, an addition, a deletion, whatever. Okay. In Breath of the Wild two, one. What are you hoping for? First, fuck off with durability. Um, two, <laughs> oh, no. okay. whatever. That's that's my list. So. Uh, you, <laughs> audience, you can go back even further to some episodes where we have our Breath of the Wild discussion. Uh, there were several. Uh, you can hear all of Chris's thoughts on uh, on durability. Mine as well. <laughs> I think Adam may have been around, but I don't know if he, I don't think he played it. Uh, for me, I gotta tell you, and this is this is not hurt at all. This is not a, I'm not going to buy the game because of. It's more of a, uh, I kind of wished this is what I wanted. I wanted, it sounds so crazy, because I know right now I can play this fucking game and go, God, this world is so huge. But I wanted more world. That's what I wanted. I, I come from a Just Cause 2 level of scale, and that's what I was hoping for with the sequel. Uh, the fact that it's set in the same world, the only thing I want from the new world is that world to be expanded. They are, I don't know how they could do it. I think Chris brought up a good idea of, you know, there's some what's seemingly underworld-ish mm -hmm. uh, areas. So that's a way you could do it. You know, you could totally link to the past, uh, you know, have... A, a fucking area in Hyrule Castle that gets caved in, and then Link and Zelda fall through, and there isn't there is a world underneath Hyrule that is equally as expansive as the world itself. That would be impressive. I think it'd be a little. They could. I don't know if I'd care for it. Uh, how how would you do it? Because is everything under the world? Is it everything dark? Uh, I don't know. What I would what I wanted, if it's going to be the same world, is to when you go all the way north, instead of hitting that wall where it's a th a million mile drop down, I wanted that world expanded further. I just wanted the whole entire map expanded by like an extra fifty percent. I have no way to know if I'm not getting that because the only world that I saw in that trailer was what looked like something was rising out of the Hyrule Castle or something and I was trying to look around real quick to see if I saw anything new or extra and I just I did not and that's kind of a hard task to do anyways because the Breath of the Wild world is huge mm -hmm. uh, so all I I'm going to play that game. I know I'm going to enjoy it and have a good time. But I will admit, Chris, there is a small part of me that's going, yeah, but it's the same entire world. I've already I've already walked over all this. <laughs> I mean, that's me. Imagine people that have went and got all the Korok seeds, Chris. Mm -hmm. They have quite literally touched every square foot of that map. So... Telling somebody like that, you're just going to see all that over again. You got to bring, you better bring some good shit to the table. 
something I do want to see. Uh, my flat out, you know, fuck you, get this right. I want to see. The, the, as far as like dungeons and whatnot go, dude, I'm totally cool with adding more shrines. Go for it. Make it 150. I don't care. But the fucking guardians get that shit out of here. Mm. I want dungeons. I want eight to ten unique, thematically unique dungeons. I want a lava temple and a fire temple and a light temple and a dark temple and a, a forest temple, a snow temple, a sky temple. I want that. And I don't want it to be two to three little mundane puzzles and then you fight a piss easy boss. I want what Zelda was known for. I want those dungeons that are multi-layer, multi-faceted, multi-puzzle. You need s multiple keys. You find uh, the key item. I don't know. I'm I'm okay with. I'm kind of okay with the. Uh, you know, pick up four items at the beginning of the game, and that's all you use. But those dungeons have to be. They need to be unique. They need to be special. I want that big time. If that's not there, that's going to be upsetting. Um, somebody did bring up a point. It has been brought up before that, you know, it's going to be hard to make unique dungeons when you don't have unique items because you're going to get those four items at the beginning of the game that hampers your need for uh, a claw shot and mm -hmm. a fucking hammer and all that. I said, okay, we'll bring them in. What, who's to say you can't have them? Well, it's kind of hard to have those all those items in a game because you have a world and you have an environment and those can interact. I don't. The, okay, you are now thinking for Nintendo. This is their duty. I'm not here to tell Nintendo how to do it, and nor am I trying to profess that I have the ideas and I'm the answer guy. What I'm saying to Nintendo is. Eight to ten dungeons like we had back in the day with the old school Zeldas in this game. That's what I want to see. How they do it, I don't care. If you bring me a lava temple and a forest temple and they're all unique and they're all their own thing and they have their own unique bosses at the end, I probably won't care that I didn't pick up a dual shot arrow or a boomerang. I'm going to care that I'm in this unique place for, you know, a, a, a couple hours. This large, expansive, unique dungeon. That's what I want. That's that's my pure. Because the Guardians, they... Chris, man, you cannot go through that game spending 200 hours doing everything. And then the shrines and the end of the game total is like two hours. Mm. That's fucking... That's, that's insane. I blinked and I was done with a guardian. I blinked and I was done with another guardian. Now I beat the game. I was like, well, shit, this was explore the world, the game, you know? So that's my rant. That's my rave. That's all the news articles I have too. Uh, should we roll in the weeks? Sure. Uh, is it my go? Yes. Oh, I actually <laughs> guessed that one. Honestly. I did guess, I did guess. No no non-gaming stuff. Haven't been to the movies. Uh, haven't seen any more anime or watched any movies here at the house. So all that's out the way. And uh, got two games. 
two games to talk about this week, and this is going to be really short for me as well because I'm trying an experiment with this game. Uh, I'm trying to just play through Tales of Destiny and not take notes, and I have now learned as of recording time I should have taken notes. Because there are a lot of little instances in Tales of Destiny that I wanted, I sh- I wanted to bring up. I just have forgotten about them. That does not mean that they were bad or they weren't good enough for me to talk about. It's more like they were so random and sporadic. And I just, as I alluded to at the beginning of this episode, I don't have a good memory at all. Mm. Uh, a random example. Uh, of of one out there like that's very unique i've never seen that before in this game uh i'm in a town i was at somebody's house having a conversation and i did the usual uh rpg thing i went around this person's house just checking out stuff i have found in tales of destiny that uh not so much on the going into people's houses and checking bookshelves and getting an item or checking their fridge and getting an item. I haven't really seen that. Point of fact, the game actually tells you, like, yeah, you. he's talking to himself, and he says, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't go through somebody else's things. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, but kind of bravo. <laughs> I would like to open that shelf and find a, an item in it, but you, okay, I, it's, it's good. I like the way you're doing that. But anyways, I still sometimes go around houses and I went to what I thought was a picture because some of the pictures will have some some random flavor text to it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a picture. It was actually a window with a person there. I checked the the picture (laughs) and the person ran off. And the guy said, wow, a peeping Tom? What's the world coming to, weirdos? And I was like, what? (laughs) What the hell? I've never seen that in... I can't think of a time in a game that I've seen it, much less an RPG. Uh Tales of Destiny has little things like that littered all over the place. Uh, So yeah, that's what I've been playing uh, in my off time, which has been... I'll tell y'all folks right now, a little personal note of this podcast. I'm going to be fucking tired for the next five weeks because I'm going to be working close to... Well, no, I will be working five weeks straight with maybe two days off. So I've been kind of napping more when I when I get home and just in general I've been busy so uh I haven't put like hundreds of hours into Tales of Destiny but I have put a good bit of time into it and uh it's for those that don't know I'm playing the PlayStation 1 version I say that because I think it got re-released on the PS3 or the PS4 I, I can't recall I am playing the legit original uh Tales of Destiny so I'm pretty far into it that I can tell. Um, Chris, remind me for like the 20th time, uh, how far you've ever made it into the original Tales of Destiny? Uh, I believe I beat it. I don't remember it, but I believe I beat it. (laughs) Gotcha. And that's fine. Totally fine. So for the audience, uh, uh, let me me get my non-spoiler stuff out of the way. Uh... so the battle system is is pretty cool. Uh, you can you, so you, depending on how many people you have in the party, you know one, two, three, or four. Only four people can be on the field, and there is my uh, washing machine going off again. Uh, 
Uh, Chris, tell me something you do remember about Tales of Destiny, and please try to make it last two minutes. Go. <laughs> you know, you'd think he would uh, schedule his laundry around the podcast. But anyway, um, Tales of Destiny, it was a... The big thing about it, I don't remember anything story-wise at all. It's been so long since I played it. But the combat has always stuck with me with that left to right uh, different than the, you know, top down or uh, rather left to right, you know, not moving around combat, the static combat, I should say. Um, And it's, it added to what is obviously, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but that's very memorable. So it added a lot to the uh, game itself. And that's been kind of their M.O. in the Tales of games, having the uh, different types of combat. Because I think later on in the recent ones, uh, it went to more of a arena-type format. Uh, but the left yeah. to right was certainly new back then. Yeah, I don't have a basis for that one because uh, and it was it was interesting looking at the timeline. Uh, I was starting to play Tales of something for the SNES mm-hmm. and I was like oh it's this is this is tied to the Tales franchise that's interesting and then I looked at the timeline and there's I don't know 13 14 games <laughs> yeah. Tales of Destiny was the second mm-hmm. uh, so yeah uh, I don't know how far they've kept all that throughout the times but it is it is cool it is pretty interesting uh, I also would have to look at when we'll say when this come out, when, uh, when the original, so the original was tales of Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I guess I can do it right now. Let me type in secret of mana because, uh, one of the reasons why, so mana came out in 93, this came out in 95. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I also had never played tales of Fantasia back in that time of my life. I mean if I if I was to play Same. Fantasia right now it would be the first time I ever played it but one of the reasons why I put ta- uh, Secret of Mana so far up my SNES RPG list is because of the action combat well Tales of whatever um, mainly Tales of Destiny since that's the one I'm playing right now and talking about right now has pretty much action combat uh, you have your other party members pretty much act uh, autonomously. They do what they want. You, of course, the typical RPG fair, you can set, you know, how they act. You know, the, do you want them to go all out? Do you want them to conserve MP? Stuff like that. Uh, you, you can go, and I, you got to forgive me on this one, Chris. I didn't actually, I have not figured out what the severe difference between two of these are. Okay. But you have your main character is, they have a manual mode. A semi-automatic mode mm-hmm. and a full auto mode. Now, of course, manual and automatic are simple. Duh. You either let them do their own thing or you control them all yourself. The semi, I I don't really know. Maybe you can only control movement. Maybe you can only control abilities. I don't know. Because usually I put it on manual. I just always take my character over. One of the reasons why is I have put them on auto and these battles can last a bit. I mean, they honestly can. An average fight, I want to say, can take about a minute and a half to two minutes. 
I put him on auto, and I swear it's been like three to five minutes. He's they they do a good job, but I go in there, I'm fucking mashing that button, attacking away, and he'll, he'll on auto, he'll run in there, attack and run back. And stand there. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Move! <laughs> so, um, I've predominantly played manual. Um, and yeah, the 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 arena combat, it's, it's still random encounters f- for the most part. Uh, you do have some, t- some uh, scenes and instances in the game where you do see enemies on the screen and they can attack you or you can engage them. But predominantly, it's random battles. A uh, lot of random battles in this game. This this game is not really tested, but gotten gotten to the level of testing my patience of how often you fight them. And unfortunately, there is a there's an item and there's a special ability. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's not a spell. I think it's a special ability that will reduce the amount of times you get into battle, but will not completely eliminate it. Um, let me hold my hands up here or that's as far as I've got so far if there's another item later in the game that completely eliminates random battles I have not found it yet um, though the, the the reduction does take the headache down a little bit they're they're still there you will still fight random battles with those on anyway uh, you so you you may or may not see enemy enemies on the field predominantly random battles uh, the battle screen themselves instead of your characters being lined up in the traditional sense like on the right or on the left straight up and down or lined across the bottom of the screen like uh uh fantasy star uh your characters are horizontally laid out on the screen and they can traverse left or right and the enemies as well are on the screen and they can traverse left or right and you physically go in and attack them. You have base moves that don't uh, require, uh, I believe their SP is what it's called, like your special points. And you have special point abilities that they're more powerful, but they, you know, they cost. Uh, for the most part, the battles are fun. I mean, I, uh, they're, they're kind of long and tedious, but I'm saying this also from a spoiled 37 year old playing in the, in the eighth generation of consoles mind frame. Uh, I have ways to make battles fast and battles tend to go faster these days. This is, you know, you, you fight a random enemy, the, the screen swirls around you finally get to this to the battle screen. The p- camera pans to the right to show you the enemies. Pans back to the left. Mm-hmm. You fight for a minute and a half. There's a victory pose. They do their victory pose. The mo- the numbers scroll across the screen. The money scrolls across the screen. It just th- they are a bit longer. But I mean, this is what I'm used to. I come from this era. I come from longer battles. I I, I get used to it. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Uh, I mean, the, the, the battles are pretty cool. The, the mechanics of the fight system is pretty cool because, I mean, you may have single attacks, yes, but you also have ones that can do combos. You can have items or uh, uh, special abilities that will attack multiple times in a row. So if you chain them correctly, you won't necessarily be able to chain them all in a row, but you can lead one into another, like... If you know 
you have an enemy on the ground in front of you and an enemy in the, in the air behind him and an enemy on the ground behind that person, you can use this one ability that has it'll it'll you'll just spin. You're going to spin forward and then land even further down. So you OK, I can hit all three in one go with this. And then once I'm on the ground, I can use this other ability that hits three times in a row right in front of me so I can take that guy out. It, yeah, there's a little bit of strategy to mm -hmm. it. The story, uh, pretty unique-ish. I mean, there's a lot of bare bones. Uh, the enemies are, you know, out there. Go get them. Or there's something out there you need to go find or go get. Um, so, spoiler free, I would recommend this if you dig old school RPGs. I mean, this is on the PlayStation. It wasn't too, too, too far back. <laughs> but the graphics and the music and the battle system, all that. I mean, it's it's up there for classic uh, RPG folks. I think there's enough there's enough there that's unique to at least draw your attention. Uh, also, there's a lot of pu not puzzle centric, but I would say there are a decent amount of puzzles in almost every castle slash dungeon or whatever area you go to. So that's that's also good to, to have. So, spoiler warning right now. Um, so I'm right after what I'm going to assume was a uh, breaking point in the game. Uh, I went through this castle. I, we've been going across the continents to try to find this person because they hold this giant crystal or orb or whatever. And we finally, uh, continent after continent, boat ride after boat ride, uh, area after area, we finally tracked him down. And he had the, the items that we were looking for, and then we got into a fight. And this was the first time in this entire game that I died. I died about wow. five times in this fight to the point to where I... So, how do I, how do I strategically say this? I knew just from the feeling of the game that this was not the end. This was not the end of the game, but the game was almost making it feel like it was because this last area had some pretty hefty uh, enemies and this final boss was fucking wrecking my shit. Uh, so I went back and did the typical RPG thing. I found some areas with some decently high uh, XP enemies. I did have to leave the castle a couple times and go get shit stocked up because this is a negative thing of the game, in my opinion. Uh, the items stocked, they stop at 12. That Another game that has a cap on quantity, and that really aggravates me. Mm -hmm. Because, as I said before, my typical RPG thing is, if I have the money, I'll buy fucking 99 high potions. Not just to waste the money. Not because I think I'm going to need that because a fight, one fight is going to be so hard. Just because I know some grinding is going to have to be done. And I want to have a stock with me to heal. And then I'll use the money that I got from all that grinding to come back and stock up again. It's simple. Unfortunately, in this game, it didn't work that way. Point of fact, the first time that I fought that boss, I had like a half, if not a third of all my stocks. And I'm talking everything. I was using everything. 
I used items that restored 60% of my hit points. Then I started using items that restored 30%. Then I started using items that restored 30% and TP, even though I didn't need that. Then I started using items that so on and so forth. Like I was, I used up every single healing aspect and I died because I could not heal myself anymore. Let me correct that. I died because I could not revive people anymore. I used all my life potions. Like it got that dire. Huh. So I finally, I mean, I finally leveled up and got all this shit. Yada, yada. did the typical dance and then I beat <laughs> the boss and it didn't even fake me out. It didn't even like show some credits or whatever. It just the story kept going. So now I'm like, oh man, where's where is the story going? What's next? What's uh what's the answer to this? What's gonna happen? Uh all in all, period. I am enjoying this. Uh it's a good RPG. I'm having a good time with it. Uh, the the story is good, the dialogue is 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 good. Uh, the combat's good. I like the music and the graphics, like all the way around. It's definitely scratching that uh, old school RPG itch. Mm-hmm. The other game I've been playing, so I don't know. I feel like I owe an apology to this game because I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't. I I I, I remember talking about this game at some point in my podcast. I need yes. to go back and listen to when talked I talked it about times. it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I've been playing ukulele, and I think what spawned it was I'm going through yet another new YouTube channel, and this was happened to be one of the games they were talking about. And excuse me, I don't know. I mean, I've I've seen lots of reviews for ukulele, and mm-hmm. maybe to their benefit, I don't know. Okay, this is how this is gonna work. Maybe to their benefit, they didn't show a whole lot of the game because they didn't want to spoil things for people. That's good. But this guy showed lots of areas and lots of all sorts of things. I have forgotten almost everything he showed me. However, what I did see, Chris, I liked. And I was like, oh shit, there's a a lot of more stuff in this game that I'm interested to go see and find out. So... I went and started up ukulele all the way from scratch again. And I am I'm past the point where I was stuck or whatever last time and I'm progressing through fairly nicely. I've gotten a couple little upgrades. I'm still in the very first area which if for perspective uh, audience, if you've ever played Mario 64, imagine I'm still in the first painting. However, imagine there are Instead of like six stars, there's like 20. There's lots mm-hmm. of things to do in a given area. So I'm still just palling around this first area and finding new things to do and new objectives to meet and all that stuff. Uh, the games like this are always up my alley. They always have been. We're talking Jack and Daxter, Mario 64, uh, 3D. Uh, hell, okay, even Donkey Kong 64. But the people don't like for some reason. It was a giant collectathon. <laughs> uh, ba- Banjo Kazooie, a game that this game pretty much m- mimics. I mean, yeah. I love stuff like that. I love 3D platforming with a lot of collecting involved. I like when you find somebody and they say, hey, there's like 16 of these things scattered around. Go find them. I'm like, fuck yeah, here I go. So I'm hoping that there is a lot to this game. I'm hoping that. 
because again, I honestly have. I've forgotten whatever the fuck he showed me drew my interest in, and I went back and started up again. So if there's like only three levels in this game, well, I, that might that might be pretty bad. But um, I'm hoping there's a lot more levels. Go ahead. Isn't this the game you refunded? Uh, I, I don't know if I, I, I don't believe I did. What because game? Okay, it, maybe I'm getting confused. And it may be, audience, please go back and find out for us, because I'm not going to fucking do it. <laughs> but uh, I didn't see, I no, Chris, this is, I whew, just remembered. This game I bought, fast forward like a week or two, a month, whatever. I played it and went, eh, but I could not refund it because it was too late. Ah, that's what it was. Okay. Um, and I, I honestly don't have the time right now to go back and fish through all of our episodes to figure out what I, what was my hang up. Um, this is what I know right now, and right now is all that matters to me. I have been playing through it, and I am enjoying it. I will say the camera is a little touchy. It's a little hard every now and again, but. It's fine. It's it's workable. It's totally dealable. I'm fine with it. Uh, all the quirkiness of this game, the sounds, the uh, the, the the music, the 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 talking of little 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 minor voices that the characters do, the collectathon in general, the platforming itself. Like I I'm enjoying it. Now this is another point in my time where i'm playing multiple games at once so i'm not you know it's i don't know when i'm gonna beat either one of these games and i'm not technically working on both of them at any given time it's just a matter of how i feel when i come home from work or what i have time for Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i don't know why i bounced off it before i can't recall why i put it to the side or what i didn't like about it but i do remember only being so far into it and going "Ah, i'm done uh i know that i have passed that point now and yeah i'm i'm ready to see what the rest of this game has to offer me the other good thing is wasn't there a ukulele announcement at e3 this year chris i believe so yeah there was something uh, as I seriously swap tabs over E3 2019 <laughs> it was I don't think it was DLC. Uh, the new ukulele game has a Donkey Kong Country vibe. New ukulele and the impossible layer. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So whenever I do beat this game, I'll have this one to look forward to down the road. This is definitely up my alley uh i'd be final thing chris go ahead i'd be curious to go back and find where we talked about before and to see what you complained about and Mm -hmm. (laughs) bring it up and have you argue with yourself (laughs) yeah i feel like i want to say it was a control issue Okay. I think there was like a point where I was trying to jump somewhere or do something and the camp the the controls just weren't correctly responsive the way that I want it to be or they weren't responsive in the way that I've known other 3D platformers to be. I feel like that was 
something like that. I I swear there was something else like a controller issue or something. Either way, uh, yeah. Sorry, ukulele. I don't know. I'm I I legitimately feel bad for old me, but new me loves new new me loves you. I'm playing you. I, at least you realize it though, and you're now playing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if only I could say the same thing about Xeno Gears. Fuck Xeno Gears. That's a <laughs> shitty game. Uh, uh, the other la- the last thing. This is not what I did in my week. It's just a what I'm gonna try my best to do this coming up week. Okay. And it's something I forgot to mention in the news section. Uh, SGDQ starts tomorrow. Yeah. And I am excited. I've I looked over the list again today during my lunch break and it was like just like back in the day when we did it. I was like, yep, can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see that. Uh, I, I am not at a station in my life or at a point in my life where I can take off an entire week and watch it. So at, that's not going to be happening. Uh, this is going to be another one of those times where I'm going to have to save what I can to my own personal YouTube backlog and just watch them as as they roll through Mm -hmm. so while chris may be able to talk about the entirety of sgdq next episode i will maybe be able to talk about five sessions so just bear with us audience uh we'll we'll see how that watch and review goes yeah that uh that it uh yeah that's it yeah that's it okay (laughs) Um, okay, so if it isn't obvious, the only game I played in the last week was Final Fantasy XIV. But okay. before I talk about it, I do want to go back and talk about last week's stuff a bit more because I glossed over a lot of stuff because I knew we would be going along for E3. Um, so I want to go back and make sure I give some proper love to the games I played. Um, okay. So Mario plus Rabbids. Uh, I I don't know. Let me check my notes real quick. Did I even talk about the dunk? Yeah, okay. I did start the DLC the previous episode. Okay. So the Donkey Kong Adventure DLC was a lot of fun. Um, I really liked, and I talked about this last time, uh, or two episodes ago, I should say, where the characters completely play completely different. Uh, there are, you know, new mechanics in combat, etc. It made it feel uh, worth going through. You know, it wasn't like, oh, well, here's a few more levels of what you've been doing for the last 20 hours or however, however long it took me to do it. Uh, 26 hours for the main story and stuff. Here's, you know, five more hours of the same thing. This was, here's your same broad mechanics, but here's what we're giving you for the DLC. Here's what's new. Um, And it was good. Uh, It was enjoyable. It wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be, but it was still uh, seven and a half hours worth of content for me. And that was doing the missions and then all the challenges afterwards, uh, which weren't near as hard as the, uh, the first one. Actually, hold on. Let me think. My notes are confusing me. Uh, okay. So, seven and a half hours for the game itself, the story part. And then it took me another two hours to go through the 12 challenges. So, the DLC entirely took me nine and a half hours. Uh, 
Okay. So, All right. Yeah. Uh, it was worth it for me. I enjoyed it. So uh, good on them there. I I was really hoping they were going to announce a sequel to it at E3. You know, there's a talk. Is there going to be something else Rabbids related? They could totally do a Mario mm-hmm. plus Rabbids sequel. It would be great. Uh, I'd play the hell out of it. Um, so after being the DLC, I went back and finally finished the last two ultimate challenges. Um, it was rough and man, I don't even know how long it took me. I didn't even write down how long it was, but I know it took me hours to get through them. Uh, I think it was two hours Mm. for one of them alone. Uh, and that was maybe not including every attempt that might've been where I tried it between doing a couple of things and then went back to it because I was getting so, I was just, you know, beating my head against the wall. I wasn't progressing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, well, let's take a break and come back to it. And I went back to it after doing the DLC and finally beat it. Um, so the only thing I didn't do, I 100% the DLC completely, all chests, everything. The base game, okay. I'm at like 95% because I'm not collecting all the chests because they're worthless items. Uh, there's mm-hmm. some sort of parade going on in town right now on 14. It was just, my screen was just filled with people all of a sudden. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Mario plus rabbits. Great. I'm really sad though. That's over. It's one of those games where it's like, but I want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Can, uh, can I have more please? Um, <laughs> all right. Just play so it again, come on, man. It wouldn't be the same. Um, Mm, it was bad enough going through and having to, uh, find all the chests and the DLC that I skipped because there were items in those that were important. Um, but I was like, man, I, I missed so much because going through it the first time and then going through getting the chest, that's kind of my second time through without having to do all the fights as well. Cause when you're focused on the fights, you don't, you try to explore, but then you'll get in a fight and then you'll forget to go check something or you'll go through something and it'll lead you out and you forget, oh, there's a branching path back there. Um, mm. So I did kind of run through it again, just without doing the fights. Um, anyway, moving on from Mario plus rabbits. Uh, I don't know how much I talked about this last week, if at all. Uh, I think I just mentioned it started, but destiny Two the new season uh, season of opulence started uh, week before last mm-hmm. last week. I don't even remember <laughs> um, the last couple of weeks with E3 and everything have just kind of blurred all together. So, mm-hmm. uh, but so I did put in a few hours to do the quest they had put in to where uh, it would get you to, 670, something like that. I don't, I don't remember what the exact number is, but they put in, you know, their usual method of getting you partly caught up to where you can at least be competitive. As long as you're going to play, you can kind of keep up at that point if you're doing your weeklies and whatnot. Uh, so I did that, mm-hmm. got partially caught up. Um, I also had went back and actually started doing some of the content I'd missed. <laughs> Because of all the okay. thing, my how I kind of tapered off with playing. Uh, I missed a lot, and I really, really want to go back and get caught up, uh, especially with all the things that are coming. Um, so that'll probably be my project after 14 is caught up and 
expansions over. I'll be jumping back into Destiny 2 hard. Um, this this week, I also played Destiny 2. Uh, I said I only played 14, but I did play Destiny 2 one day because the uh, my PC was updating. And I was like, okay, I'll just go ahead and update it. And when it came time to, you know, start playing the game, I was like, well, that's my PC I play 14 on, so I can't play 14. So I loaded up the <laughs> Xbox. I was like, okay, I'll play some Destiny. And then it needed an update. I was like, go figure. But wow. thankfully, the Xbox up- Xbox updates don't typically take too long. So I was able to get in and get at least some time on uh, Destiny 2. Uh, I think that was Monday, so that was before D&D. So I was a little bit shorter session than normal uh playing uh but or no it, i don't even remember what might have been wednesday actually uh but i jumped Speaking in this memory, week huh? yeah i jumped in this week though because i got the email that they usually send out for iron banner and of course gotta hop in and play some iron banner uh i did that completed all the bounties except for one of course um but then there's also a quest line associated this time that will actually give you more gear and stuff. So that's a neat addition. That, this is the first time they've done that uh, this way anyway. Uh, so I got to find some time to play some Destiny 2 before <laughs> Tuesday's reset so I can finish those off or try to anyway. I don't know how many there are. I haven't looked it up or anything. But I'm on one that, you know, get kills with... Uh, abilities which is super and whatnot and that's the same bounty bounty i have left to finish that's always the last one that's done because grenade kills suck uh with my hunter and then my super i don't have the one super uh the uh flame knife one so that's unfortunate but i do have the void walker uh uh go invisible (laughs) super and that's the only way I get a ton of kills. I'll be invisible, sneak up, because you can actually see enemies through walls and stuff too in it. So I'll find, figure out, all right, where are the most enemies? And I'll sneak up to them and I'll just spam the button and slice into them. Uh, kill as many as I can before they murder me or I murder them all and run off giggling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, I I love Iron Banner, but I'm it sucks being behind because even a week... A week behind, uh, maybe two weeks at that point. I think it was two weeks from the season, but a week from the raid. So people were already higher. And I think the cap is 750, and I just hit like 690. Um, and of course, Iron Banner levels matter. So yeah, it was rough. I, it, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. It's rough. <laughs> um, let's see. I talked about Path of Exile last week. Um, I really wish I had the time to play Path of Exile more, but it's just like, all right, I've got MMO, MMO, and then what's essentially, you know, a Diablo type game where you can play forever. So those are all three massive time sinks. I can't play all three. I need to focus on one at a time. So Mm -hmm. right now that's 14. Um, But Path of Exile, I really enjoy playing it. And I look forward to having the time to play it more. I think that's the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I 
I've been playing so much 14, I haven't even really touched uh, Arena. I did log in uh, before E3. There was the Popper event. I think I talked about that. Um, you can only play with commons. Super fun uh, thing. Much better than the one I was complaining about before that. I hopped on and it was Singleton, I think, where you have one card. No. It was a different mode. I don't even remember the details, but it wasn't Singleton yet. Or it had already been Singleton and I missed it. Don't know. But I played like two games. Don't remember anything. Um, and that was it. <laughs> they have, uh, hmm. I probably should have mentioned this in news, but they actually do have another expansion coming out. It's, uh, M20, which is their main, you know, basically the main set for 2020. Hence mm-hmm. the 20 in it. Uh, last year was M19. Uh, it's just kind of how to designate the main set for the year. Uh, M20 is coming out. So I went ahead and I pre-ordered that, you know, go ahead and throw some support over there to the arena folks who work so hard on that. Um, even if I don't mm-hmm. currently have the time to play it, I still appreciate, uh, all their hard work and I want to, you know, support them. Um, yeah. Good shout out, man. Uh, okay. I think that's it except for 14. So, Today, I finished the Heaven's Ward story quest, uh, base quest, not the in-between, you know, okay. patch quest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the War of the Dragon Song? Dragon Song War quest is one ones I'm working on now. So, man, um, uh, where to start? So, funny... My notes for last week, because I hadn't played a whole lot at that point, um, my only note that I wrote down was Glamour, and in parentheses, I put Subligar. <laughs> uh, I hate Subligar. Yeah. This has started since 11, because there were a couple major items that were really good that uh, were Subligars in 11, and I refused to use them, because I cannot stand how they look. And I got one in 14, and I equipped it before realizing what it was, and immediately unequipped it. And I was like, all right, so wow. I'm going to use the uh, underleveled gear, because I refused to wear a subligar. And then I unlocked Glamours. I said, okay. I equipped it, or actually before I equipped it, I put the Glamour on it for the gear I was using, the underleveled one. <laughs> So it looked mm-hmm. like I was wearing the lower level gear. And then I was like, all right, now I can equip it. I don't have to look at that gear on my character. Great. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I still need to figure I love out. glamoring. Yeah, I still need to figure out the uh, glamour plate system. I haven't gotten into that yet. I haven't had the time because I've been so focused on questing. Um, but I do want to... Uh, set up one for my ninja because like finish, at the end of Heaven's Ward or before I finished I went and did my level 60 job quest for ninja so I got the you know level 60 set of ninja gear so I actually look like a ninja now but it was horrible being in the cutscenes these epic emotional awesome cutscenes and looking at my character and going oh my god uh, <laughs> At one point, I looked like I belonged in Hogwarts with this robe cloak thing I had on. I was like, I'm not a ninja. I'm a wizard, apparently. Um, mm. uh, anyway, 
that aside, um, yeah, the story, uh, the base game is okay. Um, as it got towards the end. All right. Very well. Um, all right. We will start the party then, Dante. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I love Devil May Cry 3. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, towards the end of the story, it started getting more involved. I also had the issue where I didn't remember what was going on at first. So I kind of had to get the context clues from things that were happening. Be like, oh yeah, I did deal with all those primals. Right. Um so moving on, okay, made more sense, but it got very repetitive, it felt. Um, I was like, all right, what's the next threat we're going to take out? You know, because there's a set kind of pattern to it. Here's some filler, boss, filler, boss, you know, kind of going along, um, which made sense in the story, but is very predictable as well. So it didn't have that same feel to it, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. The quest after that, going into Heaven's Ward were interesting um, as well. But then uh, I'm trying to think of the timeline when things happened. Uh, Heaven's Ward in particular, though, has been very, very interesting and uh, got to the point where these are... At that point, you're starting to... Get, if not already, invested in some of these characters. Uh, and I think in between uh, base game and Heaven's Ward, those quests as well had this, where you start getting more invested in characters. You know, things happen to characters, and, you know, you have that emotional response to it uh, one way or another. And uh, then in Heaven's Ward, they stepped it up even more. Um, there are a couple uh, very... Uh, rough scenes if you will Mm -hmm. um and uh unexpected um i noticed at a particular scene earlier in the uh story where i was like wait there's no blood and i was like have i seen blood in the game i was like oh i guess i haven't okay that's just you know a design decision okay sure and then there's a cutscene later on where there is blood and that added to the visceralness of this cutscene and just made it, you know, all the more emotional. Uh, so I was like, okay, they've gone back on that. <laughs> We've now seen blood. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so, okay, now I'm mentally prepared to potentially have this happen in the future. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a good story too. Um, once you get past that initial kind of repetitiveness and get into the expanding outside the base areas, um, it gets more interesting and it's, it's easily, you know, moving up the ranks of final fantasy stories, um, which is always Mm -hmm. interesting for an MMO because like 11, I wouldn't really do that with it. Uh, the last couple expansions for a level for 11, (laughs) <laughs> uh, kind of got mm-hmm. to that point where I was like, oh wait, that was that was actually a good story. It wasn't like, all right, well, I'm done with that. Let's move on. And I was like, okay, yeah, this I'm a little invested in this. I'm curious and um, whatnot. Uh, but 14 has surpassed that um, pretty much from the start with this story. Um, 
at least what I've been playing in the last couple weeks. Um, I, let's see. Um, I've been spending a lot of time crafting. Um, so basically my routine is I'll craft during the day while I'm working or whatever. I'll set it up. I have my macro set up, you know. So I'll craft some stuff while I'm working. And then afternoons I'll stream and uh, play through story quests. Um, so I've been doing a lot of crafting. I have everything except leatherworking and alchemy to 30 for uh, crafting. So I'm mm-hmm. gradually getting up alchemy. Leatherworking sucks to level. Because um, <laughs> everything else you can kind of buy uh, or uh, farm. Like I have minor 51. I had minor 50 before I had ninja 50. Uh, it's just typically how I do. I craft and gather and stuff more than playing the uh, main combat jobs. Uh, I did the same thing <laughs> in Final Fantasy XI. I had level 99 cooking before I had a 75 job. Uh, so, wow. um, so I'm, but yeah, going back to what I was saying, so I got miners, so I can, you know, blacksmith, armor, goldsmith, piece of cake. Um, botanist 28 was enough for cooking to 30 and buying all the ingredients is a joke. Um, though that's a little, well, actually fishing was what helped that a lot. Cause you just cook every fish you cook, your catch, you know? So, that was real easy mm-hmm. to spam up, but leather, it's like, okay, the first one, yeah, I can buy it from the NPC. Second one, I'm like, okay, well, I'd have to go out and kill enemies to farm it, and that's not appealing. So I'm like, okay, well, let me check the market board. Oh, those prices aren't appealing either. <laughs> yeah, So agreed. I, uh, I actually broke down and bought some material, so my leather working's up to 23 now, um, and I... I think I still have some of the materials I bought. I just ran out of the other ingredient you need, so I need to go mine that. But Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, let me just work on alchemy instead. Because I can, you know, uh, do like ink and uh, some of the other stuff, you know, oils that you're going to use later on. So I can just go ahead and craft those. And yeah, Um, I do really like the crafting system in 14. It's Mm -hmm. nice to have that level of control over what you're doing, what you're trying to make. Um, Mm -hmm. And I like that you get a bonus to experience no matter what uh, your quality was. Even if you don't HQ it, you still get a bonus to experience. So your effort isn't wasted, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. because like I'm spamming Iron Ink right now. I don't really care if I HQ it or not, but the more quality I get, the more experience I get. So the less I have to make in the long run. So yep. I'm all about that system. Um, there is a little bit of RNG to it when it comes to quality, you know, uh, good, poor, etc. When uh, for the status of the item, uh, whatever that's called, the condition is what I'm referring to. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of drives what you're doing. But at the same time, like, I'm macro crafting. I don't care what the condition is. I'm going to hit the same set of commands every time because I know that will give me a result. I will complete the item no matter what. It's literally impossible for me to fail. Um, now, 
I want HQ as frequently as if I manually did it, which is also an option. I could just manually do every single craft and, you know, push that HQ as high as possible. Especially now that I've gotten everything else so high, I have all these abilities I can use. So, I mean, I haven't even talked about that. You gain abilities from other uh, classes and jobs, other disciples. So I have, I'm on alchemy, but I'm using skills from, uh, I want to say, uh, goldsmithing, uh, cooking, uh, uh, carpentry. All of these are going into my alchemy. <laughs> so mm. I'm being rewarded for doing multiple crafts at once, um, which is nice as opposed to like 11 where you can take one craft to 100, but then the rest have to stop at 80. Um, you did benefit some from having the other ones because some crafts would take more than one skill to make. Um, mm-hmm. But not, but you're still limited. You couldn't raise everything to max. Uh, which, it's a little disappointing that uh, Desynthesis has a cap to it. I don't know if that's still in, but it was. Um, I, I say I don't know if it's still in because when I looked it up, when I was trying to figure out how to do desynthesis, because um, silly me didn't just open the menu and look for desynthesis in the actions, uh, or I mm. overlooked it if I did. But I saw that there was a cap, but the screen that I saw where it showed, okay, here's your progress at each, and here's your cap, your X out of max or something like that was on it. I mm-hmm. can't find that screen. I have no idea, because now the bars are underneath the crafts the disciples experience bar. So it's like, oh, okay, is that not in there anymore? I don't know. I'll find out eventually. <laughs> I just, it's, there are so many things in the game I haven't even touched because I'm just so focused on story. I don't have the time, you know? Yeah. Sure. I would love to go look into gardening and, you know, the glamorous stuff and the, uh, uh, golden saucer which is amazing i spent a little bit of time there one day just when i shortly after i came back before i realized how many quests i had to do i just spent a little bit of time there looking around um but i'd love to be able to go in and do all that more frequently but yeah i'm on a bit of a time crunch so i'm pushing through quests um let's see anything else um I don't know. I don't think so. I think that's it for 14. Well, then let me ask. Okay. Important question to ask. Okay. Uh, and I, I think I asked this last episode, too. Just want to reiterate. Uh, so you're essentially trying to plow through all of everything in order to be caught up to the expansion when it releases yes. a few days from now. Friday. Yep. Have you felt that this rush, have you felt a loss? Have you felt like you're missing stuff? Have you felt like there's content that's just blowing past you or like it's irrelevant and you, you're, or how do you feel about the story content? And this is in addition to the, all the gushing you've already did, mm-hmm. but do you, have you felt at any point that, okay, okay, well, maybe I need to slow down because this is too much, too fucking fast, or are you just keeping up with it? No, I am watching every cutscene, 
I'm reading all of the main story quest dialogue. Um, there is some, and I say main story quest because there's like kind of little off shoots, you know, basically filler type thing. Oh, go talk to this person and we're going to leave. Okay, well, I'll skim through what they say uh, for the pertinent stuff. And I'll, I'll leave up my event chat log to where while I'm running to the next place, I can go back and read to make sure I didn't miss something. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm making sure I know what's going on at all times in cutscenes and dialogue for the main story quest, um, which is one of the reasons it's taking me so long because I'm not skipping anything. Uh, mm-hmm. I also have the time where I hit the level requirements, <laughs> which I hate, um, but because Ninja wasn't my first job, I have Paladin 30, I have... Uh, 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 I got Pugilist of 15, Conjurer of 15, uh, stuff like that, you know, uh, Archer at 16. So I have all these other jobs I put experience into with story and stuff. So I'm a little bit behind the experience curve, if you will, uh, or I was uh, up until recently. Um, so I've had time while going back and doing all that to uh, also get some of these side quests done in the areas, figure out what's going on. Uh, lore-wise, event-wise with them. Um, Because there are things that don't unlock in a zone until after you've, you know, gotten through there. Uh, Completed the story part, and then it unlocks more side stuff, uh, which is interesting. But, um, yeah, so I don't feel like I've missed out on anything. Uh, The biggest issue with rushing through has been the ability to remember (laughs) stuff. Um, And... Remember small details, I should say, because I remember overarching, you know, okay, so this has happened, this has happened, this has happened, okay, but in between here, I don't remember what I did between these two points, you know, it wasn't a major thing, but I I don't think I'm missing anything, Um, but I also have 201 quests or so to go, so. (laughs) Yeah. That was it. That was my question. Okay. Um, and I think with that, that is the end of my week. All right. Well, kicking that guy out of the bus driver's seat, moving into... Wait, why, why was that guy driving? <laughs> I don't know. No, nobody asked him to. Took it upon himself. That rat bastard. All right. So on to the topic mm-hmm. of this week's episode, which I'm now realizing I need to uh, pull up on uh, my uh, Explorer, duh, because mm-hmm. I don't have it pulled up. This is the uh, long, well, I wouldn't say long overdue, maybe highly anticipated by somebody, I hope. Uh, <laughs> end of time cast, game of the year. For 1997. So, yep. uh, audience, you can go back a few episodes, check out our uh, year in review, 1997, and you're pretty much going to get a um, fairly decent list of what will possibly be on this list as our nominees for and uh, whatever we choose for the game of the year. So, the way this works, folks, uh, we've been doing this since the year 1980-ish, I believe. And um, usually, it's 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 been two episodes, uh, one right after the other. 
in succession anyway. So the end of time cast will go through the entire year of gaming. Uh, we've tried to do a bit better job now of doing just all of including general gaming news as well like consoles that may have gotten released or magazines that have been discontinued or accessories that were hot to do or whatever. But the main gist of the year in review is us going through and, and cherry picking what uh, we individually consider to be games that should be talked about that year mm -hmm. and then talking about them uh, either a little bit or at length. Uh, it could be that we played them. It could be that we just flat out know that they're a big deal. It could be that they were a hot garbage mess and deserve to be talked about. In any event, <laughs> we review the entire year and games, uh, especially especially specifically individual video games, and pick what we decide to talk about or what we think should be discussed or, or made a mark that year. Mm -hmm. The End of Time cast Game of the Year works a little bit different. Uh, this is a... A vote between Chris and I together, uh, we pick some nominees ahead of time, and we try to debate and discuss between us what we think are what we think is our together combined decision for the game of the year for that year, and this one will be for 1997. Uh, this is clearly subjective between Chris and I. It's ones that we decide are game of the year. This is not bumped up against like games radar or Nintendo power or anything. So whatever source you have that says that, uh, it's the game of the year for you. That's fine. That's cool. Whatever game you personally pick for game of the year. Hey, that's cool too. Uh, too. This is what we pick, uh, between ourselves. So, uh, we've got a list already going, and unfortunately, audience, you can't see it, but uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the way that this works is we're going to pick a random game from our nominees, um, which I'll go ahead and do right now, uh, and then we'll discuss it. Let me move my mouse around in a haphazard motion. It landed on Final Fantasy VII. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. So I'm going to take Final Fantasy VII and put that mm -hmm. uh, onto the list, which again, audience, you can't see, but that's fine. And now we're going to take these nominees and we're going to bump them against that game. So we'll decide between us whether we think it's better or worse than than the games that are on the list. And through this, we will eventually come out to what we decide and determine is the game of the year for that year. So... Yeah, here we go. Starting right off the bat with Final Fantasy VII. Uh, came out in 1997. And again, a lot of this, unfortunately, audience, uh, or maybe fortunately, if you like to hear us talk a lot about these games, a lot of this is going to be kind of a rehash because, again, we've already discussed these games at length in our in our Game of the Year, mm -hmm. our, our year in review. But, I mean, we're now pitting them against each other. So, you know, a little bit of rehash may be necessary. Oh, yeah, so Final Fantasy VII, uh, man, so many accolades with this game. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the current news. This this game is getting yeah. a remake, and it is driving people insane, us included, yep. uh, through anticipation and hype. And, I mean, even me, I've, I said even back in the day, I was, I mean, I was excited for it. I hope good things for it, but there was always that little... That little tinge of this game is so good that if they fuck it up, I'm going to be mm -hmm. so upset. And then I saw the first couple trailers and went, I'm good. 
I'm so fucking good. They are doing such a good job. But that's a remake. That's not what this is about. It's just to emphasize that this this game is a big deal. Yep. To further emphasize that, I think it's it's not that hard to say. Uh, I'm sure somebody can compile some facts to maybe prove us wrong with something else. But arguably, if not the most popular RPG of all time, definitely a tower rpg that that pushed rpgs itself further up into the limelight Mm -hmm. and that says a lot about a game um chris some fond memories some some selling of final fantasy 7 so 7 was interesting and stood out in a few ways you know first we had the graphics uh Seven was a pioneer in this kind of 3D, which didn't look great a lot of times, but then it had some awesome looking cutscenes. Uh, they did what they could with what they had, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but it worked is the you know important part there. Uh, it was very easy to look past back then because we didn't really have you know modern games to compare it to. Uh, and this is kind of the perspective we take with this game of the year discussion is sure we'll talk about a legacy and whatnot, but also kind of from the perspective of, of 1997, we're not comparing mm-hmm. it to the remake or, yep. you know, Final Fantasy 15. We're going to compare it to things that were already out or came out shortly after, you know, kind of in yeah, the exactly. same time span to yeah, be because fair. This is the this is the game of the year of 1997, mm-hmm. not how does this game stack up to whatever in 2007. You know, it's right. not the point. So, uh, let's see. The Materia system gave you a level of customization that also probably... I, I don't have anything that compared back then to it. Uh, yeah. quite in depth. It gave you a lot of customization, a lot of possibilities. Uh, you know, you want to infinitely cast Knights of the Round or cast it 64 times or whatever it was. Sure, go for it. Uh, you want to auto-revive when you die? Sure, you can do that. Uh, you want to add elements to your attack? You can do that. Uh, you know, make yourself take less damage from elements, etc. You had all these different things, all these utility materia, uh, you know, throwing items, throwing money, enemy skill material where you actually had to go out and find them, which uh, kind of is, uh, I don't know when Blue Mage first came about. Eleven's uh, the first instance I know of. I know it's in something mm-hmm. prior, but I don't think I really played that one. Uh, but going out and actually learning attacks from your enemies and then using it against other enemies is cool. And all this was oh, just... Yeah part of this material system which is why mm-hmm. one of the reasons you know for the remake we've been talking about it's got to be there we need material yep. it's a core mechanic of the game um and we physically saw it in the weapons Ugh. yes sorry this is not remake but I, <laughs> ah, it's I'm gonna so happen hard not to be happy <laughs> yeah it's gonna happen um as much as we try to avoid it, it's inevitable um the story does have some uh, issues, so to speak, to a lot of people. 
I personally, and maybe this was my ignorance back then, I didn't really see a problem. I thought things made sense. Now, uh, there are some things I missed out on. I'll freely admit that, uh, that I didn't learn until later and go, oh, yeah, I guess that made sense, huh? I didn't <laughs> quite realize that, but it didn't take away from the story. It was just adding on to what I already knew. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, yeah now now that makes a little bit more sense. But I never went, oh, well, what, here's this big plot hole. What happened here? Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of complaints like that are kind of looking for something wrong with the game. Because um, yeah. a lot of people don't want to give Seven the love it deserves. Um, but to each their own. You don't like Seven? You're wrong, and I feel bad for you, but you have to live with yourself. I'm fine. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll jump on that bandwagon. Okay. You've heard it here from the end of Timecast. I mean, this RPG is <laughs> great on many levels. And while it's easy today, and it will be progressively easier as time goes on, in 2019, to look at a 1997 PlayStation 1 RPG spread across three discs and go, mm-hmm. oh, man, that's so old and dated. I'm sorry. It's, we, this, this was in our time frame. This was in for us. And it's it's it. I I have played it within the past couple years. And I believe, Chris, you have, too, yeah. uh, very recently. I actually. see you around it. Yeah. Yeah, so it hold it held up for me, it held up for him, and that's just another selling point of the game. Uh, not a selling point for Game of the Year because that's not you know it's not mm. the point. The point of it is in the year. But everything Chris said, yes, I agree as well. Uh, there, there's such a feel to this game. There's such a draw to it. It has its own. It has like its own life, you know. It tells its own mm. story in its own way, and it is it is engaging. It will draw you in, and if you were to go play, say, Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy VII back to back, no matter what order you played it, you you do get the 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 old magic, uh, you know, airship feel from. I mean, there's airships in seven too, but you get a different feel from six than you do from seven. Seven's more futuristic. You know, there's there's cars mm. and, and trucks. Uh there's it's it's they have their own feel about them. How many feels can I say? I don't know a ton, <laughs> but the, the the point is that it they're engaging and they're unique. Final Fantasy Seven is definitely unique. And I had fun. I've had fun every time I played it and that's also a key to this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, up in the game of the year so uh, not a lot else more to say I mean again we've gushed about Final Fantasy 7 across several episodes yeah. and being that this is like the 96th episode by now I'm sure you can <laughs> find some times where we talked about 7 uh, prior yeah, so I will throw on real quick because you just mentioned replayability Final Fantasy 7 is one of the only games I will go back and replay I don't typically uh, replay games so yeah. I'll throw that out there. All right. So uh Chris, you got you take the next one, man. Pick a pick pick a game and let's throw it on the board and see where we go. All right. Um hmm. let's uh We need a way to incorporate roll twenty into this so we can start <laughs> rolling dice for uh <laughs> Yeah. Because I like the randomness. 
let's see. Let's let's. Mm, do we want to go different or similar? Because we have some. Uh, uh, I'm going to. You know what? Roll let, my... let, me, let me throw on a. Uh, what's probably going to be a fairly easy one. Um, mm-hmm. When I threw on here, uh, Oddworld Abe's Odyssey. Okay. All right. So again, for the audience from here on out, now that we have a base game, we're going to be adding games to this, and then we're just going to discuss them and then decide whether we think this that the next game is better or worse mm-hmm. than the other games on the list. So right now, it's Final Fantasy VII versus Oddworld Abe's Odyssey. Well, Final Fantasy VII wins, duh, but... Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's, it's definitely justified to talk about, uh, Abe's Odyssey. Uh, game came out of nowhere for me. Mm -hmm. I think it came out of nowhere for a lot of people. And so we just got through talking about Final Fantasy VII being unique. The whole entire Oddworld franchise seems to make it a point (laughs) to make their games unique Mm -hmm. from the actual gameplay itself to the characters involved to the lore, uh, the NPCs, the enemies you face, everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 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 in the name Oddworld. They specifically chose that, I would think, for that reason. Yeah. So. uh a lot of great qualities about this game. The gameplay itself is the forefront mm-hmm. for me and for everybody else. Uh, it's hard to ignore the graphics because they are uh, sprite-based, but like a 3D sprite-ish. Um, kind of yeah. rotoscoped, I guess you could think of it that way, but I don't want to say that they are rotoscoped. Just very well animated. Again, mm-hmm. this, was on, this was on the PlayStation 1. We're not talking about the remake that came out uh, this year or last year. Um, even so, even on a PlayStation one, 2015. Yeah. yeah. I looked it up earlier, actually. Yeah. For, for the tone that they're trying to set for the world they're trying to build in odd world. Oh yeah. The graphics are, are great, but the gameplay is, is where it's at for this game. A mm. lot of, a lot of puzzle solving, but it is a side scrolling, uh, 2d, slash 3d graphics puzzle solving and the way some of the ways it works is by you your main character abe uh manipulating other npcs in the game to to basically get away Mm -hmm. uh a brief lore of the game abe is in this factory and he's trying to escape he's trying to get his friends he's trying to get his his uh race to escape with him that's a very short summary of the game so Abe can walk onto a screen and he can see one of his friends that's doing something. He can talk to them and give them directions, tell them to move left, move right, stay where they are, whatever. And he will try to guide them to uh, if there's an exit on that screen or if he has to traverse two, three, four, seven screens, whatever, to an exit. He's trying to herd basically all these people to the exit. Yep. Uh, there are multiple endings, so you try to get everybody you can. And I mean, in general, you don't want anybody to die. So um, uh, you can also take control of, of uh, enemies. You can take control of uh, uh, NPC type uh, monsters in the game, and you can use them to solve puzzles as well. That's basically the gist of mm-hmm. how this game works. You do get power-ups so to speak over time your abilities increase and stuff like that um it's very unique man 
And yeah, like like I said, it took me by surprise. I don't even know what. I don't know if honestly, Chris, I don't know if I borrowed this from somebody on a whim or if something caught my attention and I said, yeah, I'll try it out or somebody suggested it to me. But what I do know is I didn't know what I was expecting when I played it. And then I played <laughs> it and was very interested. Uh, yeah, I've made it all the way through this game at least twice. And it's fun, man. It's mm-hmm. it's it. It goes. It, it's got legs. Definitely. Yeah. Oddworld in particular, um, the the main reason I threw this on the list was it was one I talked about when we did the year interview. We both talked about it, but it when looking at the game of the year, you know, contenders, it I felt like it deserved to be on here because it's a very unique uh, 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 way to do a platformer. You know, it stands out from others. Uh, yeah. Like looking at, I mean, really the big notable platformer around this time frame is Mega Man games. That's a mm-hmm. pretty, if you will, typical type of platforming. You know, you just jump here to there, you know, deal with the enemies, however you deal with them. But you kind of have this general type of platforming, jump, 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 etc. Oddworld, you, I'm sure you jump in it, but that's only... That's actually a small part of it, you know. You're often running, walking, crawl. Uh, can you crawl? You can. You can roll. Rolling. I think. I think yeah. Um, yeah. Rolling, etc. But the big thing is how you're interacting with everything else on the screen. You know, enemies, friendlies, uh, switches, levers, etc. Uh, items laying around, grenades, etc. There are all these. Uh, things you have to be aware of and that is your focus you know instead of just jumping through a level to get to the end to get to the boss etc you're exploring this world if you will and trying to (laughs) trying to you know maybe depending on how you play the game get your friends out as well Um, the game is very good and i went through and i 100 the new and tasty the remake uh that's why I was looking at it early as how I knew it was 2015 because I was like, did I 100% it? Yes, I did. <laughs> I <laughs> rescued every single friendly and I also got the achievement for killing every single friendly that you could. You know, so I've done both parts of it. Um, but I had fun the whole time. That's one of the reasons I 100% it. Um, yeah. And the remake is pretty much the original game. It, it's more yeah. of a remaster than a remake. I don't know what they actually changed, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> and that's um, fine that's yeah. fine i'll take it yeah so i thought for its uh what it brought to the platforming world in its own unique way deserved it going on uh today's list yeah it's just unfortunate and we're probably going to say this uh several <laughs> times it's unfortunate that final fantasy 7 got picked out first yeah. but uh, going up against Final Fantasy VII, uh, admittedly, I did have lots of fun with Oddworld and mm-hmm. will continue to have fun with it. But yeah, just it's it. Sorry, can't. So yeah, definitely Final Fantasy VII is the winner on that one. Uh, you know what, Chris? In the spirit of that, okay, I was gonna randomize, but let me go ahead and pick another one and get it out the way because I know it's coming. I'm gonna pick old Mega Man X4 here. Okay. Uh. 
I put this on here. Uh, I, I felt like I had to because mm-hmm. there are several years where I could just be a me and just put Mega Man's <laughs> on the list for Game of the Year. I feel that that's something that people would think would be automatic with me, and I could do it as a joke or a lark, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I'm not going to do that. I, 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 I put games on here that I realistically think are Game of the Year contenders, and I would say for me. This is a personal one for me. This is a personal one. Me putting X Four on this list because can, uh, Mega Man. Mm. Can can we have a quick sidebar? Sure. At this point in time, and I think 1997 is a great example. Perhaps we should consider doing categories, maybe in addition to Game of the Year, kind of like platformer you know or yeah. rpg maybe maybe we should look into adding some uh subcategories once we get to these this year wasn't really as long of a list it's pretty typical but yeah you know we both know we're gonna get some pretty long lists in some years so I maybe agree. it would be uh fair to give some of them you know what they deserve we'd have to change it and be games of the year <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see yeah, we'll, we'll we'll discuss it. We'll discuss it. I, I'm leaning toward it. Yeah, though. <laughs> so Mega Man X Four. Uh, also, another reason why I put this on the list is that Mega Man Four is my favorite Mega Man game of all time, and okay. right underneath that, directly underneath that, for Mega Man games is Mega Man X Four. This game, and I don't even know why this was brought up. Uh, me and Adam talked about this game for maybe five minutes sometime this week. And I brought up the point again <laughs> that I don't understand. No, let me rephrase that. I That's being petty. I do understand. <laughs> I do not flat out. I do not agree with anyone. Yes, even you, audience. The people that just blow this game off and ignore it and laugh as they're walking down the street away from Mega Man X4. And the only reason why is because of the bad voice acting in this game. That kills me. I get it. I get that there are some scenes in this game where the voice acting is laugh-worthy. Yes, I do. Yes, I have heard countless times because I've played this game countless times, but I've also heard people make jokes about it and meme about it. The, what am I fighting for? Mm-hmm. Yes, I know it's bad. I get it. But it it kills a little piece of me that people blow this game completely out. They don't even care about it because of that. People will swoop in and they'll go, what's this about? And they show them that and they go, ha, that's bad, and leave. <laughs> this is... And I'm going to, as I'm saying this, I'm pointing a knife at Mega Man X3. This is the first game that you can play as Mega, as you play as Mega Man X and Zero. And X3 goes, wait, wait. And I'm saying, no, this is the first game where you can play the entire game completely. Right. Let me take you back a little, just a little bit with this Mega Man X history. You play Mega Man X 1, you play as only Mega Man X, but you get to see Zero being a badass through, through any time you see him. The idea, the design idea is, hey, Mega Man, you're not my level, 
but you can get there. Mm-hmm. You can uh, and you do. You get upgrades and power ups and life ups and all this stuff, and you become powerful. You're on your own right. Mega Man X two comes along. Zero's still in the picture, still being a badass. He's getting fucked up, but he's still a badass. And you're at some point you are wanting to. This is the point where you're wanting to play as Zero. You're like, wait a minute, I'm seeing this again. But he's jumping and doing things like Mega Man. I want to play as him. Now you get to Mega Man X three, and what sold me, what blew my mind as a kid, what I was, I would murder somebody to play Mega Man X three back in my high school years, is that you? I was told you could play as Zero. I mean, that drove me insane. I was like, this is the game. This is it. And I didn't get to then. It was years later in my life. And I found that it was, and forgive me on the details, I've only played through X3 maybe three times in my life or four. Um, there's like a stipulation to it. Like you can only play as zero through the level, but when you get to the boss, he goes away and or you can only sum you basically you basically summon him and you mm-hmm. can only summon him once a level and if he dies you can never summon him again or it's it's a whole bunch of rules to play a zero but you can't play him through the totality of the game x4 comes along and says which one do you want to play the game as mega man x or zero and i will admit in my lifetime I've pl- if if I played X4 40 times, I probably played a zero. I mean, as Mega Man, probably four, five. <laughs> I always pick zero. Furthermore, I always put that code into play as the Black Armor Zero. That in and of itself was enough for me to this game to just fly up the list for me. Uh, you have two separate characters you can play as. So all bosses, they all have the weakness thing going on for both characters. Uh, great music design for uh, the PlayStation. I mean, you're up a generation of consoles, so the music got better. The graphics got better. I mean, look at X, X, X through X3 already look good already and you can see the graphical progression from x1 to x2 you can you can see a little tiny bit of upgrade from x2 to x3 x3 to x4 you're now in playstation territory so the sprite graphics got even better uh and just the idea of playing as zero through the entire game gets his own story Get well, gets his own. His he is tied into the story, but in his own way, uh, gets his own ending. And I, I, I love it, man. I think that game is crafted so well. If I had to put a flaw, I mean, I, I, I could find, I could probably find a flaw for a lot of these games. But if I could, it, I could pick a, a bitch flaw and say, well, the game gets stupid fucking hard at the very end. But I mean, it's a Mega Man game. <laughs> They, they all do that. It happens. You 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 do have to throw your controller a few times to beat most Mega Man games. But I feel like it's forgiving enough in this game for you to have enjoyment. And yeah, I wow, the game is great. I can't. There, there's not much I can say bad about this game. I there's even. There's even a stage that people can't stand, and I feel you. I'm not a big fan of it either, but there's like a uh, a jet bike kind of stage, at the, a jet stingray stage. Uh, the first half, if not the whole 
whole one at all. I mean, you're on a you're on a uh, like a speeder bike, and you have to jump to evade you know walls and shit. Not exactly mm-hmm. the most fun or original level, but the music's fine and it's I'm it's, it's still fine for me. I'm I'm cool with that. You do fight somebody. Uh, there's uh, a little nod from Capcom, which I don't know if anybody knows this, but uh, uh, Capcom made Mega Man games back in the day. So there is a character that gets a nod to Street Fighter in here. His name is uh, Magma Dragoon. And I mean, hit. I think that boss alone kind of makes up for a lot of bad designs in Mega Man period because he plays like Ryu. He throws a Hadouken. He does a. It's it's cool. It's cool. I could gush long enough. I could. Gu- I, I've done this long enough, and I could gush for hours on X on Mega Man period. But uh, yeah, I was whether or not I played this in this year this game came out in this year and i was Mm -hmm. so happy i felt like Mega Man was fucking on a rocket ship just flying through greatness (laughs) until i played x5 and x6 but that's a different story for a different time x4 in and of itself in 97 fucking outstanding Mega Man game i would recommend that as a starting point for people if not Mega Man x1 um where do i feel it goes I would definitely put X4 above Abe's Odyssey. I mean, I've, again, I played Abe's Odyssey two or three times in my life. I played X4. I don't even know. I lost count. Seven. Yeah, I can't. I just can't. (laughs) Seven is just sitting there like, I fucking move me. I want Mm -hmm. you to try. Uh, What do you think, Chris? Um, Well, I've never played X4. Uh, I have. Mm seen it played uh so it's a little hard for me to gauge um uh i since it's not a real contender going on top anyway i'll allow it i I won't fight it you know in an odd world which order they're gonna be in yeah the, and again, even for me, even if even if you did, I mean, the fact that X Four is can is contendable. I mean, it's our show; we can contend whatever we want. But <laughs> I felt that that was worthy enough to be on this mm-hmm. for me. Uh, your show. Yeah, I'm fine with it being uh, above Odd World. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant uh, next game. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh. Let's see. Let's see. We want to. Okay. Star Fox 64. Oh, boy. Ooh, man. What a game. (laughs) So, yeah, Star Fox 64. This is. Okay, again, I know, I realize, this is, you know, don't compare this to every other game and stay in your year, stay in your lane, I get it, but I'm going to tell you right now, and please, audience, if you contest this, that's fine. Hey, everybody has your own opinion. We love you for having your opinion. Uh, awesome. But ask the majority of the entirety of the Star Fox audience, of the Star Fox fans, hey, what's the best Star, Star Fox 64? Period. 
Star Fox 1 was great. It was the initial. Star Fox 2, hell, a lot of people didn't get, didn't even get to play that till the SNES Classic was released. Uh, Star Fox, uh, uh, what are the other ones, Chris? Assault, uh, mm-hmm. Zero, I guess, which is kind of a remake-ish of 64, so on and so forth. There's Star Fox Adventures. <laughs> um, yeah, Star Fox 64 is the epitome. If you, and I will say that even today, if you want to know, hey, what is Star Fox? What is that like? I'm going to point you to a 64 and I'm going to, am I here? I'm hearing beeping in my head. Is that you? No. You don't hear beeping either? Oh, no. Nope. That's odd. Okay. Is your uh, dying? I hope not. Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, Star Fox 64 is the Star Fox. It is It is what people mentally go to for, for many reasons and is one that I do as well. And it's because of how good it's made. It's because of what it... Now, again, we're trying to keep these games in their year. Okay, so if you look at this game today, there's lots of graphical flaws. It was on the Nintendo 64. I give you that. It's all that. But taking in the year it was made, it's 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 phenomenal. So it took the formula of Star Fox and expounded upon it. It there are so the graphics are as as compared to the Super Nintendo, they're better. Your R-wing itself is more has more design to it. Uh, the characters, they actually have voice acting now, which again, the, the, that, that, that fits for Super Nintendo. That's the, a unique, charming thing for it. But now there's voice acting in it and they, they do a decent job. Not the greatest, not the worst though. Um, branching paths, like paths, like legitimate branching paths. I think there was a couple places you could go in the original Star Fox, but I think there were like secret exits or whatever this is like okay you could end a level one way and you can go down one path or you can end a level another way and that will divert the path and you go to an potentially another planet basically uh you could there are multiple paths and with varying difficulties throughout that entire game i forget how many planets there are total there's like i don't know 18 20 something like that and you know just depending on how what objectives you do or don't meet will that will change the path you take uh, the levels are again graphically dated. Yes, I'll give you that, but they try to be unique. You know, there's like a toxic level you fly through. There's a lava level you fly through. Of course, there are multitude of space levels. There are different flying modes now, so you have the straight flying forward, which still, in and of itself, is fun. You can still you can roll uh, aileron roll left or right. Uh, you can do a uh, sorry, an aileron roll is what they call a barrel roll. I think I think Peppy missed. He doesn't call the right thing when he tells you to do a barrel roll. That's actually an aileron roll. But either way, there are multiple <laughs> things you can do in the R wing to manipulate yourself in the environment. And there are power ups to get to gain. There are bombs to throw out, bosses to kill with weaknesses, all that stuff. I forget what I was. What path I was going down in my statement before I said that. Uh, 
Yeah, there, so there are other characters in the game. There, the, I mean, the, the, the original, the OG Star Fox team is there. Uh, you also have a couple extra characters here and there in different levels. Oh, that's what it was, the different flying modes. So you do have the straightforward flying mode, but they also have an all-range mode where basically it's a giant arena-style setting, and there are, you either have to go fly and, and do, basically do dogfighting with, with other fighters, or there's a giant ship and you have to fly and take it out, or there are missiles flying at your main base and you got to destroy them before it destroys your base. Just all kind of all kind of goodies. There are also multiple vehicles in this one. So you have the typical uh, R wing. You have a landmaster, which is you drive on the land, and you have a tank. Or you have the uh, the submarine, the blue. Oh lord, I gotta look that up. God, I'm so sorry, <laughs> Slippy. That's your favorite thing. Oh no, Star Fox. Uh, sixty. The Blue Marine. I want to say it was the Blue Marine before I type this in. Uh, but yeah. So there's a level. I think there. Yeah, the Blue Marine. Thank you, Google, for confirming that for me. Uh, I think there's only one level that the Blue Marine is actually used in. But either way, it still it still just shows variety. Um. That so ninety ish percent of the time that i played star fox it was single player with everything i just said there is a multiplayer aspect to it which i didn't have a lot of multiplayer experience back in the day see previous episodes to find out why but i was fortunate to have some neighbors of my grandmother's that would come over and play star fox 64 multiplayer it was fun there's limited levels and limited things you can do so which I mean, that's not saying much. Mario Kart 64 had had compared to today had limited stuff too. But um, in any event, all around as a package, Star Fox 64, mwah, awesome, great stuff, holds up for me because I'm not stuck up ish. <laughs> I mean, I can go back and play old shit, and usually mostly Nintendo's uh, games age fairly well. Their their core franchises age fairly well. Mm. This is one of them. Um, side note, there is Star Fox Zero today, which was a basically a remake on the Nintendo Wii U. I own it. I have not played it yet. I have heard a lot of people trash it because they forced the, the Wii U uh, remote yeah, uh, as a control thing, and it does not work that well. That's sad. That's not what I want. Much like most of the other Sonic games that have came out, I mean, uh, Star Fox games that have come out are not games that I want. I don't want an adventure game. I don't want a game where sometimes you're in an R wing and sometimes you're on the ground. Uh, we all just want a game like Star Fox 64, which give me a controller in my hand and let me fly the R wing. Let me have the land mat. Let me have all that stuff. We're waiting for that. We haven't got it yet. Uh, Chris, any experience with you for Star Fox 64? So I have very little, uh, experience with the game. I, I've talked about this before. I didn't have a 64 until essentially I was an adult and went and bought my own. Uh, but I played at friends' houses, but I don't remember ever playing the multiplayer. <laughs> we yeah. basically just sat around and played the single player. Um, yeah, and I remember nothing from. I think it was one of those things where we'd play a little bit and then start over. So I don't know that I ever saw the whole game through. 
Um, yeah, I think uh, multiplayer would be pretty awesome in this game. It'd be kind of rough to deal with because most of the most of the levels were scripted. You know, like if if uh, mm-hmm. if Slippy came in to help you, he was doing a specific flying pattern and so on and so forth. But it could be interesting. You could try to make it work. Um. Yeah, and I didn't play multiplayer a ton. It just so happens this is one of those rare games where I had the company and the ability to. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just dog fighting in our wings, so good stuff. Uh, where I would put it uh, would definitely uh, I would put Star Fox sixty four above uh, Odd World. Hmm. Would I put? Star Fox 64 above Mega Man X4. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. <laughs> uh, and not just because Mega Man is my thing. It's it's also because, again, both of these games offer fun. Um, in their own sets, they are, they are great. I mean, Mega Man X4 does not have a multiplayer at all, and even though Star Fox 64's wasn't like the talk of the town multiplayer, it was still a decent multiplayer. Both of them have replay value, especially with Star Fox, Star Fox 64 having multiple branching paths, a variety of endings too, uh, some secret hidden endings too. I mean, there's there's all kind of extra stuff and extra goodies in this game. There's a there's a way there's a mode you can unlock where uh, instead of uh, of the multiplayer, instead of fighting in our wings, you're on the ground uh, with rocket launchers. Uh, never played that version, but that's something you can unlock and do. Uh, there's a there's a way if you beat the game a certain way you uh, start the game over and you're flying with sunglasses on, which if you get <laughs> a certain ending, you that's because your father uh, had sunglasses on. And you're like taking his, his uh, falling in his footsteps, so to speak. Got a lot of good charm to it, honestly, for a you know game about Star Fox. It actually has got some good stuff in it. Um, Mega Man X4, I mean, you got the secret costume... You got the unlockable costume, and you've got the extra uh, armor that you can unlock at the beginning of the game. You have uh, upgrades and collectibles for Mega Man and for Zero. Both do have replay value. I will say that. Um, oh man, that's actually very tough. Actually, very tough. If I was on an island, nope, can't do that either. If I have both of these in front of me right now, right this minute. I don't know if that works either. Chris, I need help here. All right. I need, I need help. Uh, okay, let me think about this. So, two games. One I haven't played and one I played a little bit of. Uh, let's see flying uh, shooting game platformer um, mm, this is actually really close I didn't think about that when I uh, selected it Um, I mean even when you talk about just the fun 
it, to mm-hmm. me, I realize you haven't played X4, but to me, they're both fun. Uh, I would say perhaps if if I had both of them in front of me, I would play Star Fox. Um, but that's because I don't have, you know, the experience with uh, either of them. To, you know, really say it's because of the comparison. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's just surface level comparison. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Just go ahead and mark that, Chris. I can't do it. You have to do it. Uh, mark, mark it how? <laughs> above? <laughs> uh, put Star Fox above it, yeah. Okay. I did it. Um, I'm fine with that. I mean, again, at the end of the day, if I, if, if imagine if Chris and I both were judging or grading this game, uh, if he watched me play all the way through Mega Man X and then watched me play all through Star Fox, it's like, it's over now. Well, no, we could always go play multiplayer. Uh, the, the lighthearted charm, I guess. I mean, (laughs) do not audience take this as, oh, you picked the better voice acting, didn't you? Because that's not, that wasn't, not a ruling factor here, damn it. Um, we can move on. Let's, let's, (laughs) yeah, it's It's tough, (laughs) but it's done. I'm okay. I am okay. If a, a game that would beat out Mega Man X4, Star Fox 64, okay, I'm I, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Here we go. Bam. Okay. Bam. While I calm my nerves, Chris. Okay. Gush so, a little bit. So Final Fantasy Tactics. It was a, it's another one of those kind of out of nowhere games um, because I played seven. uh, So I was like, okay, RPG and sure tactics is in the name, but I'm a kid. I don't know what tactics games are at that point. This, I don't think uh, from name, I think there may have been a couple that actually had tactics in the name, but overall it's just kind of a style you didn't really uh, have a the name to go by, so I picked it up, and it's like, what is this? This isn't Final Fantasy VII. This isn't a you know standard RPG. Where I mean, there's an RPG element to it, but this is tile based combat. Uh, what is this? <laughs> um, but tons of fun. Um, the job system in it, it's like, okay, this is, and I didn't know at the time, but, uh, you know, it's a throwback to the other games that with all the jobs and, uh, your varying degrees of customization, depending on, of course, which previous Final Fantasy you're looking at, um, and then being able to mix and match and, uh, take the abilities from other jobs, kind of like I was talking about with 14, that really tactics is, my first experience with that. I don't know how much uh, previous Final Fantasies let you do that, but uh, yeah, I mean, the gameplay itself was new to me and was interesting yeah, and lots of too. fun. I spent a lot of time playing it. A lot. Because <laughs> it's one that's, well, okay, I want to get 99 and everything. I never did it, but I would spend a lot of time <laughs> uh, you know, just be like, alright, I'm just going to sit here and play the game and watch these numbers go up, you know, not glitching the game, just doing it the very boring and slow way. 
because I just wanted to do that because I just wanted to set a goal for myself in the game because I beat it. So why not, you know? Um, Story-wise, also kind of, you know, catches you off guard because it's okay, well, this is a this is a side game. This isn't a main Final Fantasy title, you know. This is just a side game. So it's going to be, you know, probably a lesser quality story, etc. But not so. It actually had a good story um, that made sense. And uh, the, I mean, I, I don't even know what else to say about it. It was just a good story. A solid overall game. Well, in general, we don't have to say a whole lot more about it, period. Like I said, this is all of a... It's, a lot of this is going to be rehash of stuff we've already said. And also, mm. we've talked about Final Fantasy Tactics and other episodes as well. So, audience, if you haven't heard, find some Tactics Talk in our previous episode. <laughs> um, I will add as well for the story. I love the story and I love the way it's told. This and Final Fantasy Twelve to me have like an equal storytelling, I guess you'd say, method. The way they talk, the way the story is um, presented to you with that yay old English speak. I love it. Such a fan of it. Um, so yeah, on to the question at hand. Uh, do we think Final Fantasy Tactics is better or worse than Abe's Odyssey? Better. I mean, better, of course. Uh, Mega Man X4. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, if I if it's gonna lose to something, it loses to tactics. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think it. I I could debate that. I could discuss that. But nah, I'll let it slide. Uh, tactics better than Star Fox 64. Hmm. For me, I yeah. have, <laughs> I have, uh, oh man, I definitely, I have played 64 way more than I have tactics, but tactics of itself, and again, speaking of game of the year, what beats the two, oh, yeah, okay, I can, I can, I can see that. I, and I'll concede to that. Yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics can go above 64. Final Fantasy right. Tactics and Final Fantasy 7. Here it's we go. Seven. <laughs> it's 7. I'm sorry. I mean, honestly, Chris, we're really baiting the fucking audience right now. We're trying to put a game above 7. I think we need to stop doing that and just fucking... Let's stop rehashing. We're not here for okay. minutes. We're not trying to bait anybody. Let's just fucking run through this list like we know it's going to be. Um, I'll blame myself for letting myself pick seven first, but yeah. it's coming. I mean, we knew it was... Folks, you knew it was coming if you heard the year in review. Um, Monster Rancher. Sure. Why not? Let's put that bad boy out here. Okay. Uh, Monster Rancher is a good game. I, it mm-hmm. is a good series and a good concept period the idea very simple think of pokemon think of 
having a- pets and animals and wanting to raise them. The way that you acquire animals in Pokemon, you go out in the world and you fucking throw a ball at them and you capture them. The mm-hmm. way you acquire monsters in Monster Rancher, the general idea is that you open your PlayStation and you, when prompted, and you put a random disc in there. And depending on what game or what, what depending on what disc yep. you put in there, you will receive a random monster with a random stats, and you can then use them to raise them and fight them. You can uh, use them to mate with other ones and 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 have new monsters come out. You can, it's 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 fun and unique, and the best replay of this is that you never know what you're going to get depending on what disc you put in. You know, you you go to your friend's freaking CD collection and you get that fucking Limp Biscuit album and you throw that in there and you get a fucking, you know, fairy thing and you go to your, your uncle's disc collection and you get his uh, greatest queen's greatest hits volume two and you get some fucking golem monster. I mean, it was... It was legitimately unique yes. to do that. It was fun to do that. Uh, but the question on the table is, does it beat out Oddworld Abe's Odyssey? I got to tell you, Chris, it's actually that's actually pretty close. For me, I um, would definitely put Monster Rancher above it. Um, I, I, I can I can agree to that. Yeah. Um, I, I put in I mean, a ton of time on Monster Rancher. I... My parents were the type that had like the, you know, 200 music CD collection. Mm-hmm. I went through every single disc they had for this game. I mean, wrote them down and knew what I was, you know, doing when it came to that. And yeah, I anytime I, I got know. a new thing. I don't Go know ahead. how many friends that I put through this. I, it may have been like two total if I took a time machine and traveled back in time, but... I definitely remember bugging like schoolmates and friends for their CD collection. I'm like, no, I need all of it. Can you just give me your binder? <laughs> I'll bring it back in a few days. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And if no game, I, I don't think any game has done this since. You know, maybe Monster Hunter mm-hmm. sequels. I don't even know how they work. I'm assuming they have the same gimmick. Uh, but I didn't know there were sequels until a couple of years ago, so I've never played them. Um, yep. But I'll go back and play the original. I actually loaded it up on emulator. And think about that. I have any game I can download at my fingertips now or any you know, ISO, essentially. I can load up on the emulator and see what it gives me. That yeah. is just mind-blowing. The, the, the replayability, the time you can spend on it. Yeah, it's awesome. Here's where the book stops me. Okay. I would not put Monster Rancher above Mega Man X4. I, all this gushing aside, mm-hmm. legitimately battling these two side by side, uh, the concept of Monster Rancher was great. The concept of playing as Mega Man, I mean, as Zero, far outweighs it for me. Furthermore, I, it's it's so hard to say it that way because it sounds like you're using years as a rule out. But I mean, I continuously played X4 
again and again and again. Yes, I did play Monster Rancher for a long period of time. I mean, again, if we took a time machine and went back to that time time frame, uh, maybe it was like four, five, six months, almost straight. But once it kind of the concept kind of wore out to me, once I felt I had seen a lot of monsters and even even dug into like guides and got rarer monsters. It, I mean, it kind of got stale. It kind of got old. I've never went back to it. Again, this is not saying it's a bad game. It's not saying I did not have that fun. But I have yeah. had that fun and continue to have fun with X4. So, I can yeah. I can understand that. Because if you look at it beyond the actual breeding of the monsters and, you know, the disc aspect. Uh, not you're, that much. <laughs> the purpose of it is to basically get to S rank in this tournament thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is very repetitive. Uh, enemies, I believe, are identical every time. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. not like there's any randomizing to it. Uh, I think the results of fights, because the enemies do fight against each other, it's a tournament bracket. I do think sometimes that will be different. So you won't always have the same, you know, enemies uh, throughout. You typically have the same, you know, uh, final match. The final mm-hmm. opponent is usually going to be the same because it's probably something that's way stronger than the others. That's yeah. kind of to be expected. Um, yeah. For so yeah, so I can understand the slightly more limited gameplay beyond the actual monster breeding. Yeah. For what it is, for the pace that it's going for, it's it's good, but. Again, just for me, once it had its, once I had my time with it, I was like, okay, I'm done with that. Mm. So, I mean, it lies on you. Would you allow it above or or below or, you know, what do you think? I, I'll I'll, I'll tell you what I'll, I'll I'll tell you this. I will not put it above Star Fox sixty four. I can't do that. <laughs> I really don't want it to be above X4, but I mean, you did say that you've booted it up, you know, recently. That's that that says a lot. But I have booted up X4 over time. And so the replay for both of us is subjective. It's unfair mm-hmm. for me to say my game is replayable, but that one isn't when you say yours is, but you haven't played my it's just unfair. Let's look in the year of 1997. Sure. What do you think stood out more? What do you think had more of a wow, more of an impression on gaming as a whole? I I will be okay with Monster Rancher sitting below X4, um, especially for 97. Mega Man is yeah. Mega Man. And uh, yeah. the X games in particular were a... For me, as someone that didn't dive in like you have to them, uh, the X mm. Games did seem to iterate uh, enough to not just be another Mega Man each each time, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's fair. All right. I, of course, am good with this. <laughs> Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Chris, is better than Star Fox 64, and here's why. So let's go let's go ahead and just throw that up there. Okay. Uh, so better than Oddworld Abe's Odyssey for 
the sheer scale of what they were going for. Better than Monster Rancher because there is a large variety of, of enemies and monsters and places to go and see. Uh, I'd say the monsters and the enemies in Symphony of the Night have more of character than the ones from Monster Rancher. Uh... Uh, I mean, you got an entire weapon system. You have a familiars system. You have all these items you can collect and currency you can buy. You can level up. The music is fucking phenomenal. Uh, so yeah, just just gonna say that it's better than Monster Rancher, Mega Man X Four. Uh, side-scrolling action in X Four, awesome. Way more side-scrolling action in Castlevania: Symphony of the Night. There's way, there's just more volume of a game there, and the the just alone the there's a little bit of backtracking in X games. Period. I'll give you that, but when people think Castlevania, uh, uh, Metroidvania, arguably this is the Vania game that they think of, mm-hmm. and well warranted. You know, uh, travel all around this map to find things to unlock other areas, to find more weapons, to go back and unlock other items, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yes, I, I would put Symphony of the Night above Mega Man X4. So sorry. I love you, sweetie. Star Fox 64. <laughs> okay, here's where the fight really starts. Star Fox 64 has branching paths. Castlevania is almost is almost entirely branching paths if, if in, 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 in concept, mm-hmm. you know, because you're trying to figure out where to go and you don't know where to go. So you have to explore to figure it out. The exploration, there is exploration in Star Fox 4. Yes, because there are uh, multiple exits and there are multiple paths to take, but Almost the entirety of Castlevania: Symphony of the Night is exploration. It's the 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 heart of what the Metroidvania uh, game uh, gameplay is about. Um, multiple endings in Star Fox: Did you four? Sure, there are multiple endings in Symphony of the Night. Graphics, uh, kind of hard to compare them that way because you got a sixty-four system versus a thirty-two bit system. But I do feel. Uh, I mean, I don't know, Chris. That's that. I don't even think that's correct to say. I do. I was gonna say I do feel that Symphony of the Night's graphics do fit better. I feel like the what, given what they had with the 32-bit system, it fits that game better. But honestly, I mean, with a couple levels aside, 64 is not an ugly game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not garbage. It's just they did what they could with their limitations. Yeah, I think there's just more to look at with what Symphony of the Night gave you. I mean, there's so many varieties of, of areas to check out. Um, sure, there's no multiplayer in Symphony of the Night, but who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I feel that Symphony of the Night goes above uh, 64. Okay. Uh would you agree? You think that's yeah? Sounds I good? I have not played it. I, I I feel like I've had my hands on it, but I can't say that for certain. So it's hard for me to yeah. judge. But just what I know about the game and what I've seen of the game, I think that's fair. 
but you have played Symphony of the Night. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I thought you were talking about Star Fox. Oh, no. No. Oh, man. No, Star Fox, I know I've had hands on. Yeah. Well, uh, Chris, your challenge for this year is to go <laughs> fucking play Castlevania Symphony of the Night, man. It's on my oh, list. Man. I I feel you. I, I sympathize. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, better or worse than Final Fantasy Tactics? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, so the anchor for me, you know, battle system, graphics, music, all that aside, the top of the list for me for for uh, tactics is the story. The story mm-hmm. and the way the story was told. Underneath that, hate me if you want to, I don't care, is the music. Under that is the battle mechanics. Stacking those against each other, uh, story to Symphony of the Night, it's there, but cannot does not hold a candle to tactics. I like the idea of you playing as Alucard. I do. I, I like the idea of the other NPCs you come across, and even the way they talk, even with them being again, again, I get it. Bad voice acting that has <laughs> grown on people over time to be a meme and a charm at the same time. But no story can't hold a candle. Uh, music. Oh boy, uh, I defer this, Chris, to anyone else but us. I am not about to have a fight between the music of Final Fantasy Tactics versus Symphony of the Night. <laughs> I refuse. If anybody wants to call me out on my pod on our podcast and say do it anyway, I will. I'm not gonna like it. But fuck no, because the music in Final Fantasy Tactics is some of probably, if not the best music in Final Fantasy, period. And Symphony of the Night, find me a bad track in Symphony of the Night that's not composed well and does not fit the mood of the area you're in. Final uh, Symphony of the Night music is fucking phenomenal. So there's they they will hit each other. They'll clash swords and then they'll fucking back off each other. That's that's the way the music works. <laughs> that's such Combat, a good way of putting it. Yeah. Combat, man, we're talking two different styles of combat here. You know, uh-huh. you got um, tactics RPG combat, and you got side scrolling action slash em up combat. Um now I know that tactics and yes, I'm sorry I'm eating podcast mm-hmm. audience I'm, I'm so bad i know mm-hmm. um i know that tactics combat can be broken that battle system can be broken wide open yeah um i forget what the combination is even though i just played this last year or year before but i think it's monk and something else i mean you can use this and just basically bitch whip the entire game um you can kind of break the system in Symphony of the Night because there is a leveling system. So at the bare basic minimum, you can you can uh, you know level yourself up until you whip the game. But I don't know. I feel that's just really unfair. I think the depth. 
Yeah, it's got to be tactics on that end, Chris. I mean, the the depth of what you can do as far as character development and combat development in tactics outweighs Symphony of the Night. At the end of the day, Symphony of the Night is get a better weapon slash more. You know, there mm-hmm. are weapons that have different abilities. Uh, you can have weapons that like when you slash out the, the like the slash will be longer or shorter, or sometimes you can slash out and like a an attack will will go out in front of your blade. Yeah, but we're talking multiple jobs, multiple classes and tactics, mm-hmm. as well as having a party of people. So, yeah. man, 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 from from my side, just since I don't know story wise how Cynthia uh, the Night goes, just looking at mechanics, I, yeah, I would put the tactics mechanics above yeah. alone. Yeah, it's. I mean, and I, and again, okay, so we're it's on the list. Symphony of the Night is below tactics. Tactics mm-hmm. is above it. I'll tell you this again. This isn't like a deciding factor, but I just want you in the audience to know. I played Symphony Symphony of the Night is on my wall. It is on my top fifteen video games of all time personal wall. I have played through Symphony. I have one hundred percent of that game. I feel like I change my number every time, but like it's gotta <laughs> be close to five, anywhere from five to eight times. But I've played through Symphony of the Night. Period. Just blissfully went through the game, whether I two hundred and whatever percent of it or not, like five ten times. Tactics. I think in my life I've played about five, and honestly. Tactics has some roadblocks. I mean, there are some difficult battles in there mm-hmm. that will make you leave that fucking arena and reconfigure everything. I mean, it'll, you you have to like go in with a certain set, so to speak, unless you break the game or unless you have overpowered whatever. But right, yeah, I have played Civ the Night way more than I played Tactics, but Tactics cannot be denied. It is. It is such a good game yep uh let's throw this one out here and get this one done too tales of destiny i'm playing through that right now mm-hmm. chris has played through it and beat it as well um the fact that it's an rpg okay i'll tell you this uh, this is a actually this is a legitimate fight chris between tales of destiny and a and abe's uh odyssey because okay. both of them both of them have unique charm. Sure. Okay. The difference is Abe's Odyssey is like nothing but individual charm. Like mm-hmm. the the characters, Abe himself, the the uh, enemies that you fight against, the 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 the, the uh, NPC type enemies or uh, uh, animals in the world that you can take over. Those are unique. The the terrain, the just having like the traps, the uh, the bombs that float across the screen. It's just so much stuff in this game is just, just oozes unique. Tales of Destiny, kind of bare bones when it comes to RPG. Well, no, let me let me back that train up. It's more like it has a lot of things that you typically expect from an RPG. You know, you have inns and weapon shops, and you have uh, quirky, plucky characters. You have, uh, I guess, aside from because I mean the battle system is kind of is fairly unique. The story is its own story. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, hmm. 
So the, okay. the RPG lover in me, and having played both these games, I would personally probably put Tales above Oddworld. Um, mainly for the... For the fact that it's not... Oddworld isn't a story-heavy game. It's mm -hmm. more of a, you know, mechanic-focused game. And give me a story, you know? <laughs> well, I love RPGs. I'm going to contest this. Okay. Because I was thinking just now what had a bigger impact on the year 1997. What stuck out to you more in 1997? Tales of Destiny or Oddworld? Oddworld did, man. Um, advertising has a bit to play in that, so I feel I don't, I don't want to cheat and just act like it was just because of the ads, but, I mean, people around me were talking about Abe. Uh, not many people were. I think the only reason why I knew about Tales of Destiny was because of you, solely you. <laughs> um, as far as 1997 is concerned... I mean, I can just think of games that we talked about and reviewed, and Tales of Destiny would come up eventually. I think Abe, Abe comes pretty far, pretty fast. Um, yeah, yeah, just got to give me more of why you think Tales needs to go above it. Otherwise, I think it's, I think it's, think it's, think it's, think we found our bottom. All right. I will concede this because I it's been a long time since I played, so I can't give you specific arguments at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even me as playing it right now, granted I haven't played Odd in probably five, ten years maybe, <laughs> uh, at playing Tales of Destiny right now. And again, please, audience, don't let this shit on the... On the you know, my week that I talked about this game earlier. It's still a good game. I would still recommend it. I mean, it's it's a contender for the game of the year. That alone isn't all these games are worth playing. But I feel like an impact wise. Yeah, Abe, Abe was just like, wow, what is this? If I was to go back to 1997 and play this, I would look at Tales of Destiny and go, yeah, man, it's a good RPG. It's it's a, it's RPG. But I, Abe's world was like, wow, this is like a side-scrolling puzzle game with weird characters and you control it. Just This is so unique. It's so different. And that would make me put it up there. All right, so we got... A couple left, just for the audience from the bottom up. We got Tales of Destiny, Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, Monster Rancher, Mega Man X4, Star Fox 64, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Final Fantasy Tactics, and top of the heap so far is Final Fantasy VII. Let's go mm -hmm. ahead and get, let's go ahead and get, because uh, I know what I want the battle to be. Let's get the contender out of the way. Breath of Fire 3. Okay. Uh, remind the audience, Chris, have you played Breath of Fire 3? Yes, I played it, beat it cheated myself a little bit because I used cheat codes but yes I beat it <laughs> yeah so let me let me do the proper gush for it really quick uh Breath of Fire 3 obviously the third in the Breath of Fire franchise the Breath of Fire franchise had not disappointed up to this point and it still did not this was another bar setter this was uh much like Mega Man X4 like a jump 
So you had Breath of Fire 1 and 2 on the Super Nintendo. Breath of Fire 3 was on the, on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Graphics shot through the roof. They The sprite graphics in this game, from the characters in your party to the enemies on the screen, so awesome. So just I love their detail. I love their attack animations, all that stuff. They chose to do the world itself in a 3D world. And while it's not the most superb, highly detailed 3D world, I think it all fit. Um, music, fuck yes. Love the music in this game. Love the story in this game. I love the characters. I love how charming the characters are. Um the you know but just, just so many little mini quirks of this game too like there's a mini game where you have to chop wood with a sword i mean there's all sorts of little stuff like that some some good emotional content to this story uh some good laugh out loud points i mean this this was another kind of surprise for me i'll tell you right now I will definitely put this game as an RPG above Tales of Destiny, hands down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's just fair. for yeah, just for how everything Breath of the Fire Three brought to the table. Uh, yeah, it's just it's such a good game. Um, Odd World, Abe's Odyssey. Yep. Uh, Monster Rancher. Yep. Mega Man X4, hey, sorry, X4, I love you. <laughs> I do. And please, Chris, stop me if at the point you can test. But, yeah, above Mega Man X4. Star Fox 64, hey, Chris, listen how quick, quick this is. Yes, I would. <laughs> uh, again, this is not shitting on these games that it's passing up. It's just Breath of Fire 3 for me is a phenomenal RPG. It's, it's up there. This was one of the fighters from my personal top 15. That's how much I enjoy this game. Uh, it's just for, for multitude of reasons. It's just, it's, it's, it's such a good, well-designed, well-paced RPG. Symphony of the Night. Uh, hmm. Hmm. I, I, I kind of want to say yeah, but I need to think on it for a second. Uh, okay. I mean, Symphony of the Night, was, it was definitely impactful. It definitely was. It's got a lot of content. It's got a lot of goods to that game. But Breath of Fire 3, even, I mean, it's it's it's, it's an RPG. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Give me some thoughts, Chris. What do you What do you think? Uh, hard for me to kind of judge this one. Yeah. Since I haven't played yeah, because, yeah. Um, okay. I'm, I'm also having a hard time because, like I said, it's been a long time since I played it and I also cheated my way through the game. Um, yeah. So it didn't really stick with me that much, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, Breath of Fire 3, I'm going to put you above Castlevania. Uh, okay. While there's a lot of charm, and this is not the only winning thing, it's just something that just came to mind. But there's a lot of charm to Symphony of the Night. Yes, there is. There is a sh- almost every character in that game has charm and personality that just it just seemed to outweigh Symphony of the Night. Uh, content and time hard to say. I mean, Castlevania: Symphony of the Night has 
an entire level flipped over. There's not 100% game. There's 200-something percent. But, I mean, Breath of Fire 3 is an RPG. I mean, there's lots of story involved there. There's growth. There's character development. There's uh, music. (laughs) I would probably put the music in Symphony of the Night over Breath of Fire 3, but that's, that's not... That's mm, that still would be a fight. That still would definitely be a fight. Um, man, oh man. Okay, okay. <laughs> if I had both in front of me right now, the old that mm-hmm. that old that old uh, chestnut can't say, Chris. I'd play both of them. Um, Man, this is tough. This is this this is actually very tough. Uh, I mean, there's one character you play as. Well, okay, there are, you can play as uh, uh, Richter, and you can play as a couple characters in Symphony of the Night. But the uh, the general idea is you're playing an RPG. You have a party of people, and all those party are all those people in the party are part of the team and have their own system. Yeah, it is cool, Dante. I know. Shut up. I'm thinking right now, Dante. Man, a lot of a lot of tough ones tonight, man. Honestly, I mean, seven's like, bruh, really? <laughs> I was like, shut up, man. Uh, shut up, seven, with your with your uh, <laughs> sitting on your ivory throne. Uh, do I think Breath of Fire three wins out over Tactics? Hmm. You know what, Chris? Here's what I'm gonna do. What's up? Breath of Fire 3. Uh, I can't. I just can't, Chris. I want to put Breath of Fire 3 above Symphony of the Night because I want you to have to fight Breath of Fire 3 <laughs> with tactics. But I can't put the game above the other for that reason. I can't do that. I can't just just blurt out that the game is better because I want a fight to happen. But if you were, Chris, what would you pick? Breath of Fire 3 or Tactics? Tactics. Then I don't then I will put Castlevania Shift in the Night above Breath of Fire 3. Okay. Uh, that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing it. That's what I'm doing. Uh I just want it stated, okay? So people don't burn my house down. Breath of Fire 3 <laughs> is such a good RPG. If we're talking about PlayStation RPGs that must play, which we may have... If we haven't done a PlayStation-only RPG episode, Chris, maybe we will. But I know we've done an RPG episode, and I know I've gushed about Breath of Fire 3. I just want that out there. Breath of Fire 3 is a damn good RPG. I think... All the Breath of Fires are good. Even 4. 4 is right underneath it. Especially for the story. But 3 was just like, wow, everybody move out the way. What is this RPG? This is great. So, yeah. Yeah. Alright, alright, alright. Let's get the let's get the big boy fight out of the way. GoldenEye. Okay. 007. Now, let's play it fair. Let's play it real. Uh... Everybody out there knows about GoldenEye 007. I mean, come on. This is a Nintendo 64 game, uh, first-person shooter. Uh, arguably one of the one of the first 
first first person shooters to to really blow up first person shooters into the into the limelight, much like seven Final Fantasy seven uh, boosted RPGs in the limelight. Uh, great single player campaign with multiple levels, multiple difficulties, with multiple objectives to get through. Uh, for the age that it came out. In the year it came out, 1997, it handled the controls with a 64 control. It handled first-person shooting with the Nintendo 64 controller as best it could. I think it did it for the age then, just fine. Did just fine. The multiplayer aspect is world-renowned. I mean, everybody knows and loves the multiplayer. They gush about it. Um, lost many months of time playing GoldenEye multiplayer, but I I probably lost equal amount of time playing single player. No matter what way you play GoldenEye back in 1997, you were having a blast. Just, just out and out fun. So, I mean, unless you have anything else, Chris, you want to gush about 7, I think everyone knows, you know, enough. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this one's actually rough for me because... Um, I was a perfect dark person. Um, uh-huh. I don't think I ever touched the single player in GoldenEye. Again, I didn't own a 64, so... Um, well, the good thing is, is you can almost mirror these two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the multiplayer, you can't... you In GoldenEye multiplayer, you couldn't set up bots. I'll give you that. And the multiplayer, and I think even the single player of GoldenEye, you didn't have multiple uh, modes of weapons to fire. I think almost every weapon in Perfect Dark, you had two modes. Mm-hmm. So think Perfect Dark a little bit scaled down. That's that's all. That's what you got with GoldenEye. Yeah, um, yeah and, and it's also a little bit unfair to even compare the two because Perfect Dark, I looked it up, was three years later wasn't until, yeah. until 2000 so but um you can i definitely mechanically look at the two and go oh i see the improvements yeah i for that reason i don't have a huge personal attachment to 007 um uh-huh. i'm not a big fps person in general even back then so it's yeah i, I don't oh have, it's on me okay yeah <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about it, and we may fight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. GoldenEye 007 up against Tales of Destiny. Tales of Destiny is a good RPG for what I'm playing so far. Yeah, as a RPG, it's great. And it was great. I'm probably in 1997. GoldenEye just blew my mind. Too much fun, too much stuff to do, too much time to have in this game. I mean, I, I enjoyed. I, okay, I enjoyed Goldeneye back then more than I enjoyed Tales of Destiny when I played Tales of Destiny back then. So I put it above. Uh, Odd World Abe's Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, above. Just. Again, a lot of fun, a lot of stuff to do in Odd World. Way more, way more fun in GoldenEye. The Monster Rancher. Again, for me, Monster Rancher eventually got stale. GoldenEye has never gotten stale. Even today, when I play it with the shitty controls, I have to configure a controller to mimic 
current <laughs> first person shooter controls still fun i would hands down go through and 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 painfully go through a 007 agent mode in this game then go back and play monster rancher right now just to see what monster disc is going to give me mega man x4 yes i yes above mega man x4 the novelty of playing X is great. The music, the graphics, the upgrades, all that's great. Again, GoldenEye just pushed all the, everything else out of the way, especially with the multiplayer, because even when I'm done playing the single player of X4, I can go play the multiplayer of GoldenEye. Star Fox 64, oh yeah, yeah, because, uh, again, I happen to play these two around almost the same exact time. Mm-hmm. Sure, but I played, the, I played the single player and multiplayer of GoldenEye. Far more. Breath of Fire 3. <sighs> mm, yeah, sorry. Just, I mean, even on just sheer fun and entertainment alone, I had fun in Breath of Fire 3. I had entertainment in Breath of Fire 3. Double or triple that with Goldeneye. Just the package that Goldeneye gave me. Um, sure, the Breath of the, the music in Breath of Fire 3, better. Yes. The graphics. Again, they 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 both worked with what they had, but I feel that I mean you got there's too much wishy washy in there. Okay, in PlayStation they chose to deal with sprite based graphics and they left the world mm-hmm. to be rendered in 3D. And Goldeneye, they said we've got to try our best to push this this game to make the people look like people and that's that's going to require us having like oct- 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 octagonal face shapes with you know flat <laughs> you know I, I, yeah sure graphics breath of fire 3 wins out sure uh now rpg story mm-hmm. I, I like i said i didn't play the golden eye campaign but FPS campaign versus RPG. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. then multiplayer, sure, it's good, but how much of the how much of the re- replayability is gameplay and how much of it is because you're playing with friends, you know? Uh, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Because you can mm-hmm. play a game that isn't great, but if you're playing with friends, it's going to seem like the best thing ever because you're, you know, having those moments and competing against each other. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you now, as I'm looking at it, I mean, you have, you have to understand my predicament here. Uh, <laughs> GoldenEye 007 and Castlevania Symphony of the Night are both on my wall right now. I'm mm-hmm. looking at them. There they are. So, um, do I feel that Breath of Fire 3 is better or worse than GoldenEye 007? What do, what do I feel is the better of those two? Um, Man. Let's jump forward in time. Let's pretend I made a I made a choice already. What would okay. I pick better? Uh Symphony of the Night or GoldenEye 007? Holy shit. Uh 
<laughs> Pro probably. God, man. Why do we do this podcast? It's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck that. We can't have that battle yet. We got the battle right here in front of us. Breath of Fire 3, GoldenEye 007. And see, here's the other thing. And this is the personal aspect of it, Chris. Mm -hmm. Both of these games impacted me this year when I played them. Well, or sorry, whatever year I played them. Imagine I played them both in 1997. Mm -hmm. When I did play these games, they were both like, wow, what? This is amazing. This is great. This is fun. This is something new. This is taking the genre up a little bit. It's taking the dial of an RPG and turning it from a 3 to a 5. But GoldenEye was turning a freaking dial of first-person shooters from a 5 to a 7. I mean, it's just cranking it up. It's adding more. Um. Oh man! If if I had them both in front of me, I'd play Breath of Fire. Um, back when I played God. both in '97, I'd play Breath of Fire. I mean, unless I was with a group of friends and needed a multiplayer game, sure. But if I was by myself playing single player, oh yeah, I'd pick Breath of Fire every time. Even with having never played the game, so I'd pick Breath of Fire because RPG. Come on. <laughs> Give me you a rich what? story. Yeah. You know what? I'm good with that. I'm good with that. We've made that argument before, too. I mean, we are fond of RPGs. Mm -hmm. And if it's going to, if the fire, if Golden Eye is going to lose to something. I'm good with uh, somebody's going to make a, a list of all the things we say and all these little rules that we go by. And they're going to start being like, <laughs> y'all have no consistency. Like, <laughs> I feel like we don't. But this is something else about this game of the year list audience is that we play this from the heart. Honestly, Chris and I do not sit out like three days ahead of time and pull up all these game reviews and get stats and and put, you know, pixel counts up against each other and put composer in their hit. It's not what this is about. This is Chris and I, the End of Time cast, saying, hey, man, what do we feel is better and why? So if we get some shit inconsistently, that's sorry. Sorry. We don't have a set of rules right now. Maybe we will in the future once we, if we decide to start rolling into genres. But right now, it's straight from the heart. And a lot of times, we don't have a choice. These are some hard fights. Yes. Yes, they are. Definitely. Tonight had a few of them, honestly. I wasn't expecting them. And I say that a lot, but I really don't because I don't... I, we both look at these lists ahead of time because we have to make our own. Like, these are the nominees we pick, so we kind of know. But I never make that list, and then Chris makes it, and then I go behind him and just start debating him mentally. Like, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to say. It's no. I, the shit's raw. I come in here, and it's out there. Tell you, I put together so, my list this morning... I, I looked at what you picked, and I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then I went through the list, and I was like, what else needs to be on here? All right, now I'm going to go play 14. I did not think about it before <laughs> after that. <laughs> yep. yep. But let's be real. We knew where Final Fantasy VII was going to be, so yeah. 
Yeah. You could say the fights were even a moot point. <laughs> seven Tactics Symphony, three Golden Eyes. I mean, these are all like, wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. And again, we said this almost every one, but it bears repeating again. You could pick up any one of these games and they're good. But this is not the year in review. We've already done year in review. This is not, hey guys, I mean, you could you could think of it this way. You could think of it as a a, a list of games that we recommend. But the heart, soul, and spirit of these of these episodes is the game of the year. What we collectively, at the end of time cast, pick is the best game of this year. And this year's list from the bottom up goes as follows. Tales of Destiny, Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, Monster Rancher, Mega Man X4, Star Fox 64, GoldenEye 007, Breath of Fire 3, Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, Final Fantasy Tactics, and at the top of the crown, at the top of the mountain with a big old crown on his head, Final Fantasy 7 mm-hmm. is our pick, the end of time cast, pick for 1997 game of the year. Surprise. Yeah, well deserved. <laughs> well, well deserved, honestly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We say that we know there are these years that the game's going to come out and way just waylay everything else, but I, 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 I like the years where we have more debating as far as the top pick. I really do, but mm-hmm. I mean, look at this. We still had to debate what goes underneath it. I mean, come on, what do y'all want? You want an episode where we go? We know seven's the best. End of show. <laughs> we could do that, but give some more light to the games that we think are nominees. Um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, what do you think, audience? What do you think of the, the game of the year winner? Is it also a dove for you? Are you excited about the Final Fantasy VII remake in lieu of this choice right here? Do you think we are completely wrong and you think that GoldenEye 007 is the game of the year? Hey, again, audience, hey, calm down. It's great. Whatever opinion you have, we love the fact that you have your own opinion. We love subjectivity. And we want to hear about your subjectivity. We want to hear your opinion of why you think something's better or worse. Uh, What about the games you've been playing this week? Uh, What about anime you've checked out? What about anything in in the gaming world news that came up and you were like, man, you guys, check this out. Anything you want to talk about with us, we love to hear feedback from you, and there are many ways to get that feedback to us. So you can go to Facebook and search for End of Time Cast, and you'll find our episodes there that we upload. You can leave a comment, you can leave us a message, and it may be found you found this episode right here. We have an email address. Uh, you can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. We have a Twitter page. You can tweet us. You can retweet us. Where uh, All of our episodes get uploaded to YouTube, so you can find our videos there and leave comments on them as well. You should be able to just, in quotes, type in End of Timecast into Google, and you can find one of many ways that you can either listen to or download or comment comment on our episodes we would love to hear from you we'd love to hear feedback we'd love to engage with our audience and just imagine the discussion that chris and i have on here that's the discussion that we want to have with you so yeah that's gonna do it for tonight's episode and until next time i'm michael and i'm chris good night everybody 